Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. Side quest. Birthday cake in 10 minutes, guys. You left the door unlocked? Maybe. Somewhere in the woods of Deep Barren, a woman and her sons live in isolation. When they come out, it's for one reason only. What the hell? What the hell are you guys doing in my house? Police have just released the identities of suspects. That's a terrible sketch. Wanted for rape and murder. Now let's see what you brought, mother. Some say she spoiled her boys. Some say she drove them mad. No one who found out has lived to tell. Please, get up. Make yourselves comfortable. I'm so sorry, I don't want you lying there on the floor. Go sit down on the sofas. Now, you fail to cooperate with anything, there will be consequences. They are hiding our money in this house, and I am going to find it. We never received any money. Please, I believe you. You, I'm not so sure about. When you know how to celebrate, every day is Mother's Day. Mother is going to be very unhappy. You taught them to survive. No one can escape on Mother's Day because Mother's Day never ends. I swear, sometimes you boys are just little savages. I think cinephiles are, are on this other end of the spectrum. But I think a cinephile is more of a student of cinema. A movie lover is going to be less discriminating. Side quest. Doing some of this, Michael. Be one of us. Sometimes, that is better. I'm sick of fucks using one too many movies. No. Don't you blame the movie! Side quest. I said, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just going to bash your brains. Okay. Show me. Side quest. The podcast. You opened it. We came. It's just a podcast. We'll review your movie from every angle. Side quest. Hello, listeners, and welcome to episode number nine of Side Quest Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts here from Journey with a Cinephile. I'm David Garrett Jr., and as always, I'm being joined by my co-host. It's your main man, Jake, from Dark Mariachi Studios, and I'm here on behalf of Guitar Case Fuller Reviews Podcast. Perfect. And for this one, I know we've been off for a little bit. Uh, We both kind of had some busy things going on in each of our lives and everything like that, but we wanted to come back here with this next episode, and being that it is May, and one of the, you know, kind of holidays we have here is Mother's Day, and I had, neither one of us had ever seen, I believe, the original Mother's Day from 1980, so I thought this would be a good one to kind of go over and give our thoughts and everything like that. So I guess my first question here to kind of, as we, you know, before we kind of jump into anything with the movie is, had you ever heard of this movie? Uh, Mother's Day, I've I've seen the the cover, but I've never uh, pushed play on it. Okay, right. Uh, the one the the remake, I've seen the cover of the remake. Okay, but I had never I had never even seen. I didn't know there was an original. So no, okay. the original one, no, I didn't know about. But the remake, I thought that was, it looked interesting, but I just for some reason I just never pushed play on it. Okay, yeah, cause I, I feel like I've seen the VHS cover for this movie. 
I don't remember though one hundred percent or not because the like the cover is kind of very interesting. Is that I was looking up some trivia as we had been talking, and I guess it's a parody of the painting of Whistler's mother, which is you know like a very famous type thing. But I don't one hundred percent remember. But much like you, I actually had heard about the remake first because when I was working again at Family Video, I remember this came out. I took it home as a pre-street, and that's when I realized when I was kind of looking into that movie that this was um, you know kind of a remake of that movie there. And watched it and was completely blown away how I don't know if none of my friends had ever heard of it and none of us really were I mean most of them are not actually horror fans so they would never have kind of even this would have never been on their radar okay yeah because I was wondering like I wonder if you because I had seen it more recently before mm -hmm. you mentioned it to me okay um, on Amazon but I had just never watched it but I didn't know if you had just watched it recently or if you had seen it when it originally came out so completely understandable okay, gotcha Interesting. Yeah. Okay, uh, let me ask you, man. Um, do you want to go ahead and jump into the, the stuff I have on the trivia part? Um, let me go ahead and introduce the movie, kind of some of the basic things for it, and then I'll let you jump into that, and then we can kind of you know go back and forth there. But this is Mother's Day, as I said, from 1980. This is actually directed as well as co-written by Charles Kaufman, and then his co-writer there was Warren Light. And this stars Tiana Pierce, Nancy Hendrickson, and Deborah Luce. I think that's how you would say her name. And then this is a comedy horror thriller that is from the United States. It is currently sitting on a, looks like a 5.4 on IMDb and a 2.8 on Letterboxd, with the synopsis being two brothers kidnap and brutalize three women for the pleasure of their demented mother. And then the last thing I will say before I kick it over to you with some of that trivia is that for those that don't know, this is a trauma movie. <laughs> yeah, we that hit me right in the face because when I first started watching it, I didn't remember you saying trauma. Yeah. And then when I saw that <laughs> Kaufman, I was like, uh-oh. Yep. And the I saw that little <laughs> red city or whatever. Yep. I was like, yep, that's trauma. <laughs> but we talked about it, man, but we'll get into it later. But this is kind of a tame trauma movie, man. It's not what yep. you expect when you when you see trauma at the beginning, for sure. But um <laughs> Let me see. Let's jump into just a couple of things. We'll start with the 1980s one. Okay. Because, um, so you mentioned in our uh, pregame that, you know, you had a, a Friday, <laughs> Friday the 13th vibe with this movie. Yep. Well, guess what? <laughs> they shot, they shot most of this movie using the same sets from the original, <laughs> original Friday the 13th movie. So I felt that throughout this whole, I was like, man, this feels like it. It even looks kind of like it. That's why I kept thinking. It even yeah. looks, and it really was, because they really shot it there. <laughs> so I was like, wow. So they wanted this to be Jason, kind of, or Jason Light, really badly. <laughs> right. But, yeah, the vibes are there, man. If they Now, if they could have took the Jason music, though, then they may have done something. When, didn't we have a movie that did that? Was it in... Um, was the yeah. slaughter high, I think? Yes, yep, because that's the one that um, the same exact uh, composer did both those movies. Yeah, so see that? They should have just got the music, too, and then boom. Then it would then maybe we would have had something there. Okay, one more, one more cool thing about this movie, or not cool, but... So the house they filmed it in was actually a house in New Jersey, right? Yep. And nobody lived there for 15 years. They found that the owner was dead, and they actually found the body in there. Oh, I did not realize that. <laughs> Prior to filming, when they were going in there to check it out, the body was in there. 
Oh, that like, makes what? sense with why some of the house is in disrepair then as well. Yeah, it's an actual house where somebody got murdered. Okay. So it's like, wow. So I'm sure it was cheap. I'm sure. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I wonder if it was even, if they just literally were just driving around and found it. And it wasn't, they didn't say for sure. Okay. But I wonder if they even paid anything. If they just found it and just like, oh, <laughs> let's use it. <laughs> it's possible. But um, let me see. Anything else good on this one I want to get into? A uh, movie was shot for 115000 That That shows on the screen, I think. It's pretty cheaply shot. Yes, yeah, it's very, uh, <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, it. what I will say is it does definitely feel low budget, but, I mean, they did put a lot of their budget to good work. Yeah, I mean, for for what it is, man, I mean, that's pretty low, but for what it is, I mean, yeah, not, not that bad, honestly. No, for sure. Okay, um, there's really not too much more, not, not too much more here I really want to talk about. Okay. As far as that one. Now, do you want me to jump into the uh, the newer movie? The remake? Um, Yeah, I don't really think there was any kind of trivia that I was going to throw out there. I mean, I guess really the only thing would be is that, obviously, Troma is based out of New Jersey for most of their stuff. And it actually, I believe, I might be wrong on this, but I, I mean, it makes sense that Friday the 13th, because I think that's also supposed to be set in New Jersey. So it does make sense that they would just share the same kind of sets and everything like that and i mean there's yeah, some other things new jersey for friday 13th okay because i know that uh i mean obviously there's also Voorhees, new jersey which is kind of interesting i don't know if, i don't <laughs> think that's necessarily was named after him i think they took the name for that but it is kind oh, of interesting well. how they borrowed because i was actually looking up while you were talking is that the original friday the 13th looks like was released on may 9th of 1980 and mm-hmm. Mother's Day was released on September 19th. So I do believe some of my things that I've kind of noticed, they probably watched the original and then kind of borrowed for some of the stuff they're doing. Now I wonder, because it doesn't say how long they shot this or how long it took. Right. I wonder if it was, was there a script already or did they have a... <laughs> um. I don't think it could have taken long to make this movie. No, I don't. I would assume that this was probably, with how low of a budget, was probably shot in just a couple weeks and everything like that. And I mean, some of the things that I noticed are the transitions. They definitely go to like the red screen, like they do in Friday the Thirteenth. So that yeah. is something you could easily throw on in post production. And then the other thing was something that we'll get into later is the ending. Definitely feels like they borrowed from Friday the Thirteenth as well. I mean, the mom. Low-key kind of looks like a weird, like yeah. she could be her sister kind of. Could be, <laughs> Jason's yeah. mom's sister kind of. There, <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of, I don't know, I, you know what, thinking about it, you got like the kind of slow backwood sons, but they, well, we're, we're going to put two instead of one. Right. And then <laughs> you got the crazy <laughs> mom controlling it. I don't know. I don't know, man. It's There's a lot of stuff in common. So I think somebody saw a movie. And then decided they were going to make a movie. That was... I definitely agree with you there. <laughs> I can see that, man. Okay. <laughs> okay, so let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and transition over to the uh, remake real quick. Okay. So a couple things about this one. Let's start off with, uh, there's a lot of changes in this one compared to the original, of course. Yep. But um, as, as this was actually a uh, spec script called Wichita. Okay. And they remade it. It was by uh, Scott Malam is the guy that, that wrote it. Okay. But um, he actually reworked it to be Mother's Day, taking elements from the OG one okay. that we were talking about and yeah. kind of meshing them together. 
So the, the Wichita script was originally about some bank robbers, uh, and it was based on a real story that happened, that really wow. happened. And the brothers actually broke into a home and took some people vict- uh, prisoner and actually robbed and tortured them in real oh. life. Oh, so it, this is based on a true story. So what, knowing that now, and then when you get into the movie, it's like, well, a lot of this stuff is... So, wow, this is based on... I wonder how much is actually based on what happened to him. Yeah, I, I wonder how much of this is actually what happened to some of the victims. Yeah. So, when you watch that, when you watch the movie, that's something to think about. But also, um, if you watch both of the movies, you can really see the differences of yep. what they took and kept and didn't keep. So, I think it's interesting that the other script fit actually pretty good, I think. Yeah. With, uh, <laughs> with the Mother's Day as just the back... Because you're just adding... Stuff on top instead of really changing too much. So. I agree. So I thought that was that's something interesting about it. Yeah, because I mean that's something we've talked about previously. I believe is that like if you're gonna do a remake, I mean sometimes you can do where you follow the actual like story and you can do things differently. I mean there's sometimes where the technology is better, so you can you know kind of do things a little bit more. But a lot of times some of the best remakes are literally where you take the basic idea or some of the premises and you kind of do your own thing with it and make it your own and i mean what we were talking about in the pregame is like maniac like the original one's great and then the remake is also great because yes you have the same kind of the same vein that you're using here but it's completely different and while still feeling very similar yeah i think that's that's the problem with a lot of remakes they don't try to take the essence of the characters, yeah. which is what you have to do. Take the essence of those characters and build a world that's based on that instead of just trying to put them in whatever world you create. No, make a world that feels like they belong in it, and then you can tell whatever story you want because it'll feel real. You know what I mean? I completely agree, yep. But that's the problem with the remakes. Usually they try to come up with some weird world or they do a, do it exactly how the original did it. Yep. And there's a middle ground there where you can really craft something, but it's just rare that you find people to make a remake that really is their own. Yeah, no, I, I'm right there with you. Yeah. Okay, so let's jump into one more thing in this one. Okay. Um, so the actual, there was actually a bank robbery that happened pretty close to while they were filming this. <laughs> and while they were shooting the scene where the guys were uh, in the car, I think that's one of the earlier scenes when... When they're uh, <laughs> driving with the hurt brother from the from the bank robbery, yeah, um, they got actually stopped by the cops because they thought they were the real bank robbers. Oh no! <laughs> so they actually had to got stopped at gunpoint and had to get people to come and clear everything up. Oh, that that's actually really funny. <laughs> so like, wow. So that's that's kind of crazy. But uh, and let me see. If there's anything else really, really, uh, except for the. Um, Jamie King remake connection. That's mm-hmm. another thing that's really mentioned. Yep. She actually fractured her tailbone during this movie. Oh. So she was really physical. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> they, I... they're kind of slinging her around, if you remember in the remake. Yeah. A lot in that movie. Just grabbing her by the head and throwing her. So <laughs> I can see how that could have happened easily. If they do get really her. rough. And I think they, I mean, obviously some of it is... You kind of, I'm assuming they would practice some of the stuff. So some of it is, you know, I mean, it's all staged to some way, shape or form, but I mean, they do kind of get pretty brutal with it. So I could definitely see on accident kind of going a little bit far with some of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Cause they're, I just remember how they're just slanging people around. I'm like, okay. I know you, like you said, I know there's a practice where, you know, like, okay, I'm going to do this and you do that. But I feel like maybe they're just like, you know, just 
impromptu, just grabbing them and throwing them. <laughs> right. It's like, wait a minute, I know we're not doing improv in the scene. You need to do it the way we practiced it. <laughs> but you never know, man. People get overzealous in roles all the time. So. I'm sure. You just get kind of get into the character, and then it just kind of goes from there. Yeah. But all right, man, that's all I really have on those uh, that stuck out on both of those. So okay, we can go ahead and jump into the next part of this. All right, perfect. Yep, so what we're going to do here is that this movie doesn't really have a whole lot to the story necessarily. So what we're going to kind of do is just go through some of the major parts to it and kind of flesh things out as we go. So I'm definitely going to put the spoiler flag up here. So if you haven't seen this movie, I would definitely recommend to give it a viewing just so that way... You know, we're not ruining anything for you. If you don't really care if you hear spoilers ahead of time, I would definitely say to keep going through. But I just wanted to at least give that warning before we got too deep into anything. But for Mother's Day, 1980, what I really kind of found interesting is the introduction that we kind of have to begin this movie off. Is that it starts off in an auditorium, and we get to see a bunch of people, which I end up reading most of it was the actual crew, which I'm not surprised <laughs> by, as I feel like most movies do stuff like that, especially if you need that many characters, because that auditorium was pretty packed. And I, I, I didn't say this in the trivia, but a lot of characters were family members of the director and other people. Yeah. Not I, the, 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 the uh, side characters that you see in the movie. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, so that's, why, that's how you can do it for... 115,000. <laughs> a lot of friends and family. <laughs> That's true. People that were willing to work for free. Yep, exactly. <laughs> okay, sorry about that, man. No, no, you're you good. Um, and Well, then, while we're at this, is actually we get to meet the mother character. And she's at the seminar, and she's actually befriended this young couple of Charlie and Terry. And they are kind of... They're put on an act that they seem like, you know, oh, woe is me, is that we have to, you know, wait for the bus. And they actually are kind of bold and they ask if this old woman can give them a ride home but this old woman actually says that she was going to go ahead and ask them to do that if you know if they would like to and i'm not necessarily sure what their plan was for this old woman but they're definitely going to do something to hurt her but we see that that doesn't necessarily go as planned as this old woman drives them out in the middle of the woods where her sons of Ike and Adley come out of nowhere and actually take care of them with some brutal kind of death scenes that we get here in this opening sequence. Yeah, it's it's a kind of a... There's a weird thing about it, but it's kind of a cool intro to, to this character. But I agree, yeah. What What is this place, though? <laughs> this growth opportunity thing? Ego? What is that? I think why, why I think it's one of those there? things where it's a motivational type speaker thing where they kind of empower you with these different things that if you do these things, your life will be enriched and you'll get better at oh. different things. I think that's what they're going for. We don't Wait get enough of it. the early stuff. I got it. I got it. So are they trying to tell us that she goes to this thing and she's learning how to like control people and manipulate people? Oh, I actually that, didn't even think about that. I wouldn't be surprised if that's what she's doing it for. And I also think she's probably almost fishing, where she's looking for, for victims too. because she is, you know, a sweet old lady in their eyes. Yeah, because I was thinking about that, like, with the ego growth. Like, she's got, she's got a crazy ego, so is she... I didn't I even put know. that together. Yeah, I think I you're right. Think that to know. <laughs> I, I think but she yeah. goes to these seminars to like learn how, and like I think she incorporates different things like that into her um, her manipulation of people. I think so. <laughs> okay, so that's they're trying to shorthand us a little bit, maybe. I don't know. 
So is that quality filmmaking? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I will actually say, (laughs) to play my hand a little earlier, I think there's actually some really good writing with things that they introduce and then reference back later. They do that. I'm I'm thinking that now. I'm like, wow, I may have to give them credit for some of this stuff. Oh, for sure. If if I'm not just reaching, I may be reaching. I don't know. Well, because, I mean, kind of what we're talking about here with the good writing is that we then get an interesting introduction to our three leads as they're at Wolf breath college in 1970 and what i think is interesting is we actually don't get to see them here outside of looking at pictures in a slideshow and going back to the good writing thing is one of the stories that they actually tell us in this opening sequence is about the character of trina because it's jackie trina and abby but trina they were living in an all-girls dorm and they were trying to let her sneak out after they were supposed to be in bed and they actually do this thing where they lower her down in a sleeping bag so she could go on her date and i thought that was pretty creative to kind of tell us that story there right oh my god man i'm gonna have to give him more credit than i did wow i I totally forgot i I totally forgot about that i'm with you because coming in i'm thinking you know trauma (laughs) film where i'm like okay, you know, it's going to, you know, have over-the-top characters. We're going to have a, you know, a lot of comedy that's going to be blended in. It's going to be brutal. But then early on, I'm like, okay, I wonder if this stuff's going to come back. And then once we start getting, you know, some of these things to reference back to, I'm like, that's actually really kind of genius. And you know what, man? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to say yes, too. (laughs) right i really i really wasn't thinking that when we started this podcast but now i'm already remembering things and i'm like oh my god this stuff is actually coming back (laughs) (laughs) and i mean i'll be honest like they're actually (laughs) foreshadowing things wow well it's crazy though is looking at charles kaufman stuff because obviously he is the brother of lloyd kaufman the head of trauma is he Mm. really didn't do a whole lot and i'm like this movie actually has some really good aspects to it yeah i mean it actually does but naturally saying that man i was like and there's a moment when i was thinking to myself why would you do that and i was like oh yeah she right. said that <laughs> but still i'm thinking why would you do that but <laughs> yeah no i that's seems but, a little bit drastic there but i think this was a really good intro and like you said uh i actually like that concept that these two people thought they were going to get over on this old lady Yep. And then they end up getting killed by her. I think, I mean, well, not by her, but she sets him up to get killed. Well, I mean, and I think that's yeah. a really good intro to her showing that she can be, well, and that plays into our remake we'll get to later, but that's her nice side showing versus her crazy side, which well, they're trying to do. Right. And I mean, actually going back to that as well is some of the effects that they show in that opening like kill sequence is, I mean, you clearly could tell that they're for the de- decapitation scene of the male. Oh, is, yeah. you, you could tell that it was a dummy. So they, they cut that off. But I mean, when Ike, goes, it, wasn't, it wasn't that bad. Though. It was a no, no. I mean, I've definitely seen much, much worse than that. So, I mean, I could definitely tell that they kind of switched over to it, but I mean, I love going practical there. But the other thing I was going to say is that when the girl is almost raped by Ike and then, they start punching her in the face. I love that when we next see her face, she's all bruised up already. Like, I don't necessarily know if it would be that dark, but I was at mm. least like, oh, at least they took the time and effort to be like, we're letting this woman get punched in the face. Like, she really would have some sort of markings. Yeah, they actually went for some continuity, which is not a big... 
don't know if that's a big trauma thing or an 80s thing. <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> Either one, continuity was not great back then. So, yeah, I give him credit for it. I mean, and then you see the mom with an insane laugh like she's proud, like he just did something great. Yeah. As as this this scene kind of closes out. For sure. But, yeah, that's, it's, man. Okay, so we're going to be talking about some more stuff. Because <laughs> there's a more, like three or more scenes I can think of that may come back. Okay. If they make a reference to that come back as we Perfect. go through it. Okay. Um, yeah, and then from there, we actually then oh, get hey, to see. Oh, hey, one more thing, one more thing. Yep. You know what I really felt like, man? What's that? With this Rat Pack, the Rat Pack introduction? Mm-hmm. I really felt like Quentin Tarantino saw this and some other movies, but I think he saw this too when he made Death Proof. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Yeah, but no, it felt, I, I can It felt I can a lot that. like the second group. Like, if you remember, there was two groups of girls and they yep. had different, but it felt more like the second group, the stuntmen group. Yep. Where they all kind of had like a kinship and they knew each other from the past and all this stuff. It felt almost like that. And like he took it to the next step or something, but it felt like that. The more and more, and this is off topic, I'm sorry. But the more and more I watch these older movies, and I've seen a lot of old movies now that I had never seen before. Right. I see all these moments and stuff that Quentin Tarantino pulls for his movies. I've, I'm seeing them now. And I'm like, wow, okay, so, okay, so when people say great, great artists steal, whatever that phrase, I don't even know. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about, though, right? I, I know, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that phrase, like, you either, like, great artists borrow, or good artists borrow, great artists steal. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm seeing that. I'm seeing that. Oh, like, no, I'm steal. with you. There's so many things that I wouldn't be surprised if... Tarantino saw this and you know borrowed that aspect for his you know for that movie it's, I definitely think I can see the correlation there he does borrow heavily from a lot of things and I give him credit because I mean like we've said it before though is like if it's a good scene and it fits in yours like you know you don't necessarily have to reinvent the wheel to do something differently no I mean it, okay this is my last offshoot here real quick I watched a movie with uh, Robert England a young Robert England pre Freddie Robert England yep Creepy. Eaten alive? Just, just, just the way he looks. Is that what it is? Are you talking about the one where he is Buck? Yes. And yep. that, that gave me another Quentin Tarantino. That, he definitely back. stole that line for Kill Bill for the <laughs> the nurse that comes into her room when she wakes up in the hospital. Yes. <laughs> so I yep. thought that was in inter- I think that's cool, man. That me too. That, that's... Now that I'm watching these older movies. And that's a good reason to watch them because you'll find out a lot of stuff and see things. And you'll make connections with older movies, with newer movies you've seen. You just, But if you watch them, man, that's cinephile, man. you got to become one. You have to. It is interesting because, yeah, is that he's watched all these old movies. Most people that watch Tarantino movies probably have no idea. And I think he kind of puts those in there for the deep dive, like, fans out there of cinema. Who, yeah. like, he's like, if you know what this is from, like, this is for you. And yeah. some people hate it. Some people, like, hold it against him. I get tickled by it where I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool that, like, I've seen that movie and I know exactly what you're talking about here. Yeah, I mean, I think he, I think the thing with him, like, I feel like he does an homage to something better than mo- than anybody, really. I agree. But that doesn't mean all his movies are good. But that no. just means that I think he does a good job at, like we said, pulling those little moments and, and things, but then also... The right his writing is usually good though, so that that always helps. I agree, yeah. But but anyways, I don't want to get on him too much. Let's let's get back <laughs> no, to you're fine. Um, Friday yep. the Thirteenth Part Two. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but Full from Friday here, the 13th. 
we actually start to get introduced more to the characters that we just had the slideshow from where we have Trina who lives in Beverly Hills and she is having a party where there's actually some like film people and things to that extent. We also get to meet the character of Abby who lives in Chicago with her overbearing mother, which this is something interesting that comes into play later as well. And then the third character is Jackie who lives in New York. And this is her year to plan the reunion because they made a pact that every year they would drop whatever they're doing to get together after college. And for her is interesting because we get to see that she has a boyfriend who's kind of a piece of shit and steals from her and is taking advantage of her. And this actually also comes back into play that the two girls point out the fact that she's a pushover. Mm-hmm. Yeah, isn't she the one that says, I wish I had you guys... With me all the time or something. Uh, yep. Isn't that her this isn't? Yep, she is. Yep. So, yeah, they bring that back, too. <laughs> wow. Exactly. <Okay>. Yep. <laughs> but you know what? I like this group of girls for some reason. I don't know why. So do I. And it's, they don't, I mean, the girl with the mom, I think that's really kind of creepy. The way they kind of set that up. Her mom is so horrible. Yeah, and her mom's, yeah. like, voice is just, it is very unnerving. It gave me kind of a... Uh, Pet Cemetery vibe. Yeah. You know, like where the sisters calling her? I can see that. I also got vibes of um, The Haunting, where the main character in that has an overbearing mother like this. Oh, but yeah. in that movie, obviously, the mother has passed away, but she still like wakes up in the middle of the night thinking that she's hearing her. So I kind of mm-hmm. get vibes kind of along those lines, too. Yeah, but well, that was pretty creepy. That uh, You want to talk about Dauber when we get that flashback? Oh, yeah, we can go ahead and throw that in here. So, is that... have you ever seen Coach? The show Coach? Yep. What is that guy's name? Is his name Dobson? Is that what they call him, Dobber? Uh, I, I think so. I never knew what his real name was. I don't remember what it is either, actually. I just didn't know what, what your name would be for Dobber to be the nickname. So, I guess it, Dobson is one. I probably... It's one of, yeah, <laughs> it's probably along those lines. <laughs> okay, okay, keep going, man. Let's talk about it. Yeah, but I mean... From here, I think they do a good job at kind of establishing who these characters are. They're going to New Jersey where they're going to go camping out. I definitely think they're paying homage here to Deliverance as we have these two kids that are playing guitar on the grocery store stoop. And then I thought this was kind of weird that they go inside of this kind of roadside store to grab some supplies. But they come in wearing paper bags and kind of just destroy this dude's store. And I think it's interesting is that he's kind of our harbinger where he's telling them <laughs> yeah. not to go to Deep Barrens. But then once they start messing his store up, he's like, no, go to Deep Barrens. I want you to. Go ahead. Leave. Go there. Well, I mean, when they're in the car, she says that, okay, put these bags on and don't look so you don't know where you're going or something. Oh, I didn't okay. realize they were. I didn't realize they were <laughs> shopping bags decorated with faces. <laughs> I had no idea at first either. <laughs> but it looked like they, I guess they were just drawed glasses. They weren't holes i thought those were holes because i was okay. like why why are there holes in the front there was just i guess a dark marker or something on the glasses okay because i yeah, was like so why they're in there yeah just messing over? things so up. they really can't see i guess <laughs> right <laughs> we have to get in the store i don't know but <laughs> <laughs> but anyways i thought that was that was when she says it in there put these bags on so that they they're covering their bases man there's no <laughs> this is not back to the future but it's a pretty tight script i don't know yeah, no, it, they, I honestly believe that they would be three college roommates who they probably got assigned to each other, and then because they live together, they just feel like how 
I have friends from college that this is exactly like we're from different walks of life, yet we're still, you know, keep in touch and are still friends. Now, the only thing as we're getting into the, the woods here, the only thing I really didn't understand, nobody seems dressed for camping. No, I completely, <laughs> like, the, the one girl's the wearing, blonde, I think blonde. two of them are wearing high heels. Is who, Who's Blondie? What's her name? Uh, Trina. Trina. Especially Trina. She's got on high heels. Yep. Walking through the woods. <laughs> Most of this movie. She never gets regular shoes. Nope. <laughs> so like, I'm like, okay. I wonder how much of this is, do they not tell each other what they're going to do for their, like, reunion? Or is it just that she knows what they're doing, but she just wears high heels everywhere she goes? Because... Yeah, they don't really it's, seem that It's got to be because they all, they all got camping bags. They all, they That's all true. for camping. Yeah, so like she had to have known. Yeah, so I think maybe you're right. Maybe she's just like, I'm always going to have on high heels. I don't care. <laughs> but you would think, <laughs> you know, because don't they break at some point when they're walking? Because she uh, falls over and then steps in some poo or some yeah. <laughs> like a cow patty or something? I don't know. Yeah, that, that was... I don't know what that was. I think it, I think I read the trivia as it was supposed to be bear that she had stepped in, like bear crap. Oh, yeah. But, like, yeah, it was supposed to be. that was, I thought that was actually pretty funny. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I mean, she got a full foot smashing, <laughs> <laughs> which is exactly what you hope doesn't happen. Because right. I've been walking in my yard before, and my I got, like, a like a flip-flop slide, slide oh, shoe or yeah. something. Oh, yeah. Right. And it slips off or something, and I'm like, oh, the dog was right over there. <laughs> I'm like, you just hope that it's mud. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. So, yeah, but, yeah, that was that was actually pretty good. I, I mean, they said it was actually a prop that they made, and it was actually just, like, flour and something else. So okay, yeah, because I did read that it was edible, and I was like, okay, yeah. so at least it's not that gross in, like, yeah. for the actress. But it looked realistic. Oh, I thought it looked good. Yeah, I thought it was, yeah, that was pretty, pretty realistic. Yeah, I take it. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I just thought that was weird, man. Um, and then I don't know. I don't understand the um, they should have those heels on, but I didn't understand. Did we get to the water yet? The skinny dipping? Are we there yet? Um, that yeah, that comes there? around here where we get to kind of see them as they're camping out and everything like that. Is I only yet- bring it up. I only want to bring it up because we get that shot of them in the water. Uh, I know what and you're talking about it here. Felt, it felt Friday the 13th to me. Yep, like, when they go like swimming and you have... Yeah, shot kind of. Yep. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> I just want to bring that up, but we can, we can go no. ahead and keep moving through the story now, though. No, you know, you're we, doing... We've been I, introduced yeah, to them, I think it's actually a good thing to bring up. I didn't even think about that, you know, kind of being correlated there. Um, I can say... And outside nudity. Of, and nudity. Yep, Don't they did that. have that there. And I mean, outside of that, I do think it's kind of interesting that they tell more stories here where we establish more of the characters, and that's where they bring up the past of where Jap- Jackie had that boyfriend of Dauber and how, you know, he was such a jerk, but then she needed them to kind of humiliate him by having him get naked on the pitching mound at the school because that's where they were supposed to have, you know, they're supposed to have sex for the first time. And it also establishes around here is that they're pranksters, is that Jackie has the fake knife in her back when she oh, comes yeah. back from the dark. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? Even though it felt kind of clumsy how, it, how they insert, inserted it randomly. Yep. But I did like it. I did like the, because it kind of establishes them more. And it really builds, their, like, you really feel like they're friends. like, And it really builds the, 
the belief that they actually went to college together or whatever. I agree. Or high school or whatever it was. Yep. Was it college or high school? Uh, college. College. Okay, that they actually went to school together and all that. So it actually felt just, I mean, but it was it was a weird insertion of that. Because they, they didn't even, like, do anything to, to change the color or anything of it. Or right. <laughs> they did. Make it feel like a flashback. So it was just kind of <laughs> inserted. And I was like, did this just happen? And I didn't even realize what happened. But, but no, but I thought it was, a, I think it's a good scene, though, still. And that guy, I'm like, what are you doing, man? Why are you just, I'll get naked and just wait for you out here? And, like, yeah, I don't know what his thought process is. Like, <laughs> I would. Uh, how about, I'll wait till you get back, if we're going to, then I'll get naked when you get back. I'm not going to do it, because that feels like a prank. You're going to leave me naked out here. That feels like a prank. Yeah, and then just to, like, have her, like, walk away, like, I don't know. I mean, I guess, like, I don't, I'm not as trusting of people, because I definitely agree. Mm-hmm. I would not start getting naked unless somebody else is getting naked right there with me. Yeah, I'm not trusted like that because that feels that feels very much like a prank. <laughs> I mean, I guess the only thing is he's so conceited that he couldn't fathom that somebody would do something like that to him. Yeah, I guess so. He's like, I told you to call me Dauber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's weird that he wants her to call him that instead of his actual name. Yeah, he's yeah. That's it's funny because he's not even listening to really anything she's saying. He's just yeah. I'm glad you finally let me then let me have sex with you or whatever. Thanks. <laughs> like, he's just—he's really just talking. He's talking about his own pitching. I'm a pitcher, and this is whatever. So yeah, he's super conceited. So yeah, yeah, he kind of gets what he deserves. Oh no, he 100 did. Where I was like, yeah, you kind of probably deserve this. You do seem like an ass. Yeah. Okay. So um, anything else you want to cover with the Rat Pack? Or you want to go ahead and move over and talk about the brothers and the mom? Um, no, the only really thing I would say is that I know when they first go into the woods, we do get to see the grass shaking, like the really tall grass. And then obviously we've talked about the two brothers are watching them as they're skinny dipping. So I do think the movie is doing good to kind of progress that this is the woods where these people are and that we know something's going to be happening soon. Yeah. And actually, I didn't say it earlier, but. When they're going there, you remember that when the guy's telling them, you know, hey, don't go up there. Then he's like, yeah, yep. fine. I hope you get whatever. Mm-hmm. There's a sign that looks like there was a chain blocking off the road. Or You're something. right. Saying beware of something. Yep, they say like what. something about trespassing and don't go beyond this point. And yeah, like that chain has just been tore off, which is kind of weird that they would go there to go camping. Yeah, like why? Do we know why she picked this place? I don't know if that's ever told to us or not. Um... I don't think it's ever established. I know it's New Jersey, so obviously, it, you know, the whole trauma connection there. I guess the only thing I can think of is that she's from New York, and I know a lot of people go to New Jersey from, like, New York City, so I'm assuming it's just close, and that's, like, the closest wilderness. Oh, okay. So that's just, like, the closest place to go. Got yeah. Because I was, I didn't really understand why they would be going to this place anyway, so they were just on the road exploring. I mean, I guess... Looking for somewhere over there to go. For me... area to go agree like i'm more of like when i think of new jersey i think of more of like cities but i mean i guess thinking about it like literally like friday the 13th most of them take place there and outside of that you also have i think sleepaway camp might take place around there as well so i guess there literally is like woods and stuff in new jersey i guess i think more of like pennsylvania would be more of the wooded area but i guess it actually kind of makes sense the more i stop and actually think about it yeah, I mean, I've never really been up there, so I don't even know if it's I've like, only, the further west you get, does it turn more in the woods, I guess? See, I'm from, from the like, dock, I mean, from the ocean. I've been through, like, Pennsylvania, and I do know there's a lot of, like, wooded area through there, because you have, like, the tail end of, like, the Appalachian Mountains are in there, but mm-hmm. I've only drove through New Jersey once on my way to New York City, 
but I don't really remember a whole lot about it because we weren't really in the state all that long. <laughs> oh, okay. But I get. It, I mean, I don't know. If you're from New Jersey, listen to this podcast. Let us know. Yeah, let us know if, <laughs> if we're. <laughs> is this accurate or not? <laughs> you you be the judge. Agreed. Let yep. Let us know. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, you know something? As we're getting into the, so they've been. We're gonna go ahead and get them captured. Yep. Okay. So they're they take them in this room, this exercise room or whatever. Yes. But it's okay. So they take the first. They tie them all up and they take the first girl outside. And then they're doing this really weird play. What is this thing? I doing? have no idea what they're <laughs> doing here. This, this was confused so weird. And, me. And they had the fake dog on the string. I remember that yeah. as a thing you could buy where it's just, I guess it's a magnet or something. I don't know what makes it happen. But it looks like he's, oh, Fifi. He's like, yeah, he's fake speaking French like accent a f- or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the other brothers cleaning up trash. Behind the bench, she's, I'm like, what is the story here? What are we? I have. What is this? <laughs> I have no idea. There's literally no explanation. And then, I mean, obviously it ends with um, Jackie being raped. But I'm like, why are we, like, like, I don't understand what that scene and why they were doing that. I mean, the only thing I can, I guess, possibly come up with is that the mother would make them kind of act things out and they get excited to do that, especially when they've kidnapped people. But yeah. I have don't have the faintest idea what play or what they're trying to kind of act out here. And as you're saying that, man, it feels like, yeah, maybe they have like a few different plays they do because they mm-hmm. know exactly what to do. Like right. what part they... So this isn't the first time they've done this particular play, I guess. Yeah, because the moment when the mother says, we're going to do this one, they're excited and like ready to do that. So maybe she's a she's a scriptwriter on the side as I, in between torturing people. She's she, making these little short films. <laughs> she's a big fan of the arts, so she you know works with her theater troupe, and then this is like her her new endeavor. Wait a minute. You know what? <laughs> Thinking about it, man, we 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 totally didn't say anything about this scene. The uh, is it the LA scene? Is that this movie or am I tripping? No, it is this one, yeah. Uh, where, I didn't, where yeah everybody's talking very, about movie stuff? Yep, that is very briefly where it's brought up that at um, Trina's party at her place is, yeah, there's a lot of movie people. So is it a callback to that? Because there's oh. one guy that's trying to tell people uh, Stanley Kubrick stuff or asking them about his quotes or something. And there's another guy talking about production costs. It and, could like, be. talking about... You gotta have uh, gross or so whatever. He's talking about being a producer of movies, and he's talking about what you need. He's talking about that. Yeah. So that whole scene, they're talking about movies, and then to have the mom be like, a, <laughs> she's an artist too, and she's yeah. putting on these plays. So I that's didn't a weird even think thing about to, that. To that could back. be a callback there, then. Yeah. So is whatever she doing, whatever the quote that <laughs> Kubrick said. I don't even know what the quote was. I don't remember the quote either. I did think saying. that was so creepy though, because he says it, and the girl is probably like thirty years younger than him, and she just kind of like looks at him and then gets up and leaves. And I was well, like, yeah, "Yeah, you're being creepy, bud." That's commentary to something else that happens in Hollywood. That, that that's happens, so. also true. Yeah, but I, you know what? I wish I knew what she said now, because now I'm like, or what he said, because now I'm like, is she doing whatever the thing is that he said? While doing this play, and we just don't know it, and it's just another callback. <laughs> that would be interesting if that's what they're going for. Because he says uh, he says something about uh, some kind of art. Art is something I don't know. 
crap. I'm trying to see if I can happen upon it real quick here, but I doubt I doubt the lines are out there, man. Cause it's this is a <laughs> this is not a movie that a lot of people probably even know exists. <laughs> probably not. Yeah, this. Yeah, I'm not seeing it on the quotes on. But but you know what I'm talking. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Cause I don't so know what possible, the quote man, is that they're doing that on purpose. <laughs> it's really possible. But I think that's a really weird thing to have in the movie, though. Like, yeah, I don't. And that and that and her little, uh, what do you call that thing? The, the cheerleaders use. That she she's got one of those things, that you can talk louder, but it's before you had a bullhorn. Oh yeah, yep, yep. So I'm like, what is that? <laughs> she's got that, <laughs> and she's got her little chair. So she's a director. She is. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, so you know something else I thought was kind of gross here. What's that? So the girls, you know, they one of uh, who was it? What's her name? Trina. Yep. She sees it. She sees her being raped, of course. Okay. Yep. And I, I don't mean to skip over it like that, but it's not really a lot. I want to talk about. I'm no, like, it's but, fine. But uh, anyway, she gets she 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 sees it, and they want to get out. But you, something that's gross to me because I think it's the next day that they're eating breakfast and they're eating out of buckets. Oh <laughs> no, that, out of buckets. that's literally something I, I had in like, my oh notes my for God, this movie so is gross. that. Their breakfast scene is disgusting, and they're eating weird things, too. And you know what makes it disgusting? Because for some reason, when I think of a tin bucket, I think of a rusty inside to that bucket. Yeah. And I'm not, just thinking of the milk being, like, looking like chocolate milk. And not only that, but if you kind of, like, pay attention to what he, like, the cereal he's eating out of it, it's so soggy that it's like a mush. And, oh like, yeah, I, saw when he that. Bit into I, it, I thought it was oatmeal or something. It kind of—I mean, it might have been oatmeal because it was that like soggy and just kind of mush-like. Yeah, it was. That was, and then they bring the so they bring the girls. Hey, hey you get your breakfast, and they bring the same buckets with a cereal box in it. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> did you even watch this, or is this the same one you just oh, ate? <laughs> there's no chance. Yeah, they just really just kind of brought it up there, and not only that, man. The, the mother also makes it. a statement how. They need to have their vitamins, which is cheese whiz. Yeah, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is gross. <laughs> yeah, this whole thing is gross, man. Did they take them? Oh god, that that bucket, man. That I was like, oh my god, that's disgusting. So, <laughs> so do we get? Cause for some reason, I wrote Queenie in my notes. Do we get a Queenie? Uh, here I don't up? know if we do here. I know around this point is where um, the mother, when she falls down outside, is when the uh, when they're actually kind of getting oh, away is when that gets brought got up. Got you, got you. That's when it was. That's why I wrote that down. Yep. Okay, so like when she goes, so this is during the, during the, when does this happen? What are they doing? Um, oh, well, no, I know around it's, here it's is, montage, right? yeah, this is where they have that weird montage <laughs> of them like training like they're rocky and actually something that i had completely forgot about is lloyd kaufman is an extra in rocky and so he actually had to change the music enough so they didn't get sued so that's why this actually is a kind of a variation on the rocky theme yeah i kind of heard that yep But I thought it was so ridiculous. That oh, it is. Like them stabbing things and then like smashing melons okay, and just different on, things. What did I put in my notes? I put Gallagher workout. And then I was like, she's got a, <laughs> she's got a pen and paper. She's tracking their progress. Yes. <laughs> what? What is she tracking? How I many have water no idea. He's chopping up like 
like toy dolls. We're like, what are we doing? Yeah. It, now maybe the maybe the crawling. I'll I'll give you that. The crawling on your stomach or whatever. Yeah. That yes. And I guess the machete training, stabbing bags. <laughs> I mean, we never we never saw Jason train, so maybe his mom that's true. was actually like a ghost training him all these years, and that's why he Could becomes be. a better killer throughout the franchise. I don't know. Um, have he you may actually, have a coach. Jason may have had a coach. Have He's you like actually this. ever heard of the movie or seen the movie uh, Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon? Oh, God, I've never seen it, but I've always wanted to see it. There's an interesting like part movie. of that where he um, talks about um, the training that they have to do and that he claims like all the greats do it. Now, for them, it's more of cardio because mm-hmm. you have to make it look like you're walking while you're doing it very fast. So, like, mm-hmm. I actually kind of think that one might be low-key referencing this with uh, that they actually have to do training in order to be as great as they are. But I do think mm-hmm. it's kind of funny that, you know, using that type of thing, like, I wonder if they do actually work out, like, behind the scenes with stuff, like, you're not going to show us, because, obviously, we see it here, it's comical, but, you know, you kind of probably would if you're an actual, like, not supernatural killer. Now, I mean, in the remake of Friday the 13th, I think that guy has a uh, room Oh, somewhere. 100%. That when dude he, is... He's got a tunnel somewhere with some weights in it, I think. Oh, yeah, it's like, when he's bored, <laughs> when he's not hunting people that are, you know, getting into his weed farm, he's, yeah, you know, he's definitely getting after it. Farm, he's hitting the weights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's in there squatting, and he's probably got, like, a little treadmill. He's Because he can move pretty fast. <laughs> he really can. Yeah. But you know what? That's It's something you don't see in movies, but... I'm, you can't, like, I don't think Michael Myers works out, but... I don't think, I think so. We, except, Leatherface well, is kind of chubby, so I don't know if... if he might have in H2O out. when he does the uh, the one arm where he's holding himself up in oh, the pull-up position and lowers himself down. You're right about that. Because, I mean, Rob Zombie just made him, like, a giant, a giant monster. For oh, him. yeah, that dude's... Yeah, Tyler Maine is but the huge. original the original Michael Myers was more regular built. Yeah, so. I think that guy's only, like, um, 6'1 or something like that. Yeah, I feel like the other dude was like 16 or something. He was yeah, like Tyler Maine a is monster. a well, because actually, kind of going back to um, is Tyler Maine, I believe, is Sabretooth in one of the X Men movies, which yes, is actually that's the same same guy. Mm-hmm. Yep, same. You know, definitely the right type of build for that type of character. Yeah, worse, way worse job in X Men. His makeup <laughs> was awful in that. Yeah, movie. that. I, yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. Hey, hey, guys. I know. I know. That a lot of people don't like Wolverine X Men Origins. I know that. I know that as a fact. <laughs> I don't think it's a great movie, honestly. I, I, but, but, I really liked the portrayal of Sabretooth in that movie. I thought it was really cool. Okay. I thought I thought he did a great job, and that's what I felt like Sabretooth should be like. Yep. What he was like in that movie. Now I'm not saying the movie's great, because I, I know people hate that movie. So I just I just want to make it clear. I'm not saying that I recommend that movie. I'm saying I recommend that performance in the movie yeah. by a really good actor. I mean, I always try to find the bright spot in everything that I can, so I'm with you. Yeah, that's. I mean, I can't. I can't give you anything more than that without <laughs> having to watch it again. I don't want to do that. Fair but, enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. We keep tangenting it off, but we're, we're, nah. we're almost getting through it. There's not like really it... a lot more happening. No, that's we're about to get to the main meat of it here. So. Right. And, I mean, kind of what we were talking about earlier is that we do have some stuff here that's starting to reference back to stuff earlier because in order to try to get away, Trina goes into the um, 
sleeping bag they have up there. And then Abby lowers her down, and they do what they can to try to, you know, get away and to start to survive this whole ordeal. Until you said that, man, what you said earlier, I had totally forgot about that conversation. Right. So when I was watching this, I was like, this seems like an awful idea. And I was like, why would you do it this way? You can't even see if you're almost to the ground. It feels like... (laughs) And I'm like... I don't know if it's like any other way you could have done this similar but better. Yeah. And then when when you see her hands, those effects weren't bad, honestly. No, but. the only the only issue that I had with it is there should have been more blood, but <laughs> I'm fine to an extent what they did there because it looks because I mean that's what would happen if you know it's tearing into your skin is it's really well, just gonna cut you straight in like that. One one problem I did have is that she didn't drop her. Right. Because as soon as he made that loud noise, she should have dropped her. If, if her hands were really like that, yep. she would have just dropped her. Oh, yeah. It would have hurt way too I bad to kind of hold It would have hurt too bad to still hold her and sl- sl- slowly go down. Right. She would have. As soon as it started. Because I'm a man that doesn't like to make multiple trips from the car at mm-hmm. the grocery store. I'm with you. So I have carried a ridiculous amount of heavy multiple gallons of milk type deal and other stuff on my fingers and it feels like it feels like that's about to happen yep when you're doing that and as soon as i get in the house and get to the table i drop all that stuff on the table yep quickly i don't and i hope that i don't break anything glass as i do it yes (laughs) so there's no way she would have just dropped her as soon as that guy walked by, she would have just dropped her. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I will say, I'm glad that they built tension with that because I was like, oh, this is actually well done there. I'm with you, though. The moment that he gets past, she would have just dropped her and she would have just, like, fallen like a sack of potatoes just because yeah. you can't hold on and you're not going to sit there and allow it to keep running through that cut like that. Mm-hmm. And it, I feel like it would have been easy for her just to lower her down, just regular. <laughs> but yeah. I get it. I get it. Weight in the sack is easier than uneven weight. True. Yeah. I get it. But anyways, uh, okay, so, and the brothers are just fighting each other or something during this training still? That's what they were doing, right? Yeah, something ends up happening where they start to fight, and that's what allows the two women to end up, or Trina goes back into the house. hold on, hold on. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I was about to say. So... She goes all the way down to the bottom just to come back up to the front door. I mean, I get it because Can the door is probably locked. Why not y'all both get down some kind of way and just run? Why? That the plan seems weird. <laughs> You're gonna run into the house. Run it back does. Into the house, but I mean, the plan hope seems. You don't run into anybody. Well, the plan seems even that. weirder though. Is that the door that she comes in? And then they go up, and she frees the other two, and they end up finding Jackie in a, actually kind of a cool scene where she's inside of a dresser drawer. My yeah, problem, that was kind of weird. My yeah. problem, though, is when they go to leave, why don't they go out the same door that they came in? Mm-hmm. Instead, they go across the room to go out a different door. And, I mean, I get the reason is that it allows them to be caught, or not caught, but they actually get to be seen, so then it becomes a chase. And mm-hmm. that, like, allows everything there, but, like, that's where I kind of have some issues with the writing because it's like, why don't you just have them go out the front door and then realize a different way that they're not there? Yeah, I thought it was weird because it was like, it didn't feel right that she would, from the jump, it didn't feel right to go out the window. But it's a callback, so. Yeah. yeah okay. I'll give him that. But I just, it felt weird that she went all the way back around. I agree. Into the house. And then, 
And you know what? When they're running out with the friend, if you look, the I keep calling her Blondie Trina. Yeah, she's carrying all that weight, but other chicks. Like not holding, even really carrying him. Yeah, holding her legs, like not even like helping. <laughs> but she's to... carrying him. She's holding him, like letting him hang. She's not even right. Under she just <laughs> literally like has her hands on like the knees and is just like, slightly pulling them back. I mean, you could literally just put her legs on your shoulders, and that would be <laughs> would be better. Yeah, because it would at least distribute something. Because she's tired. I'm like, yeah, because she was literally carrying all that weight on her back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but okay, so they find a spot to kind of hang out, and they kind of. Well, see, this is where I actually... they cover their friend and leave? Is that what they're doing? Well, this is actually kind of another part that I have issues with is that these woods, I would assume, are kind of not the easiest thing, especially at night to kind of find your way around. They navigate these woods with no problems and finding everywhere they need to go. And I kind of feel like that's a little bit of a misstep where... Uh, it, you know what? You're right about that. It should have like, been... She, she gets exactly. out because after this, she's going to go for help, right? Is that this Yep, because then, yeah, because the one is too heavy at that point. So she's like, hey, I'll go back to the car. I'll go get help. I'll bring somebody back. And then she ends up finding the car literally like three minutes later. I'm Obviously more wait movie minute, time. Wait a minute, were, were they drinking those beers or were they just pouring them out? That's the other thing. I just thought about that. I don't think they had nearly as enough for the can. Because you're literally leaving these cans every, like, I don't know, like every foot like, apart. Like, like steps. They're not even far apart. It's like a couple steps apart. For A, I don't think they had that much beer. And then B, I, there's no way they are pounding I mean, that bought, many beers. I feel like she bought two 18-packs, maybe? She might have. Two 12-packs. At least two packs. I don't know what the size of the pack. Yeah, was. that's the... I remember them grabbing the two packs. I don't remember the... like. They don't ever really kind of establish the amount that was in there. So, like, it, I mean, I guess it could actually be two 18-packs, so I can allow that to at least slide. But, yeah, I don't think they that they're pounding them as, yeah, as fast as they're supposed to be. Because they don't, they don't feel drunk. I mean, right. they're smoking weed at some point. Right. But they don't ever feel drunk. Because <laughs> that's a lot of beer. <laughs> that is a lot of beer. Especially because uh, none of them look like they're built to drink that much. No. And I, they don't feel drunk at any point. But, anyways, so she's trying to get get out. Yep. I thought this was weird because it's not, I like it, and it felt like, uh, what is it, Texas Chainsaw? Oh my god, that's literally, this movie actually, in its tone and subject, that's literally what I wrote down, this feels a lot like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre with like the family, them being backwoods, mm -hmm. and it's hard to be called a slasher because there's not enough people being killed, where it yeah. definitely feels more like that. Yeah, it feels like... What is that other movie? You know what? Why did Rob Zombie never do that? Well, I guess I guess he did do that. Never mind. He just did his own version of it. Right. <laughs> it was why he never remade Texas Chainsaw. But if you think about his Devil's the House oh, of a Thousand Corpses yeah. and all those, that's that is what it is. Pretty this much. Also, feels a lot like uh, the Last House on the Left for me as well. Yeah, it's got it's got that kind of vibe to it also. But he comes, <laughs> she runs out, and she thinks she's got the cops here to help her. Yep. And she's hugging him. Now, the guy, <laughs> I noticed this because I kind of skimmed through it again uh -huh. a couple, just to see some parts. Yeah. He's he's gripping this chick's butt. And I'm like, but she's like, I think she doesn't realize it at first. Yeah. She's kind of in shock, I guess. I'm with you, yeah. She's like, oh, my friends, and you got to help us. And this dude is, they show a close up where he's like gripping it. <laughs> the moment that happened, and I'm I was like, like, did you not notice that this guy is, this is that guy? 
Right, and I was like, that's kind of weird, and then I was like, oh, it's Ike. Okay, that makes sense. So where did he get this cop car from? Is he actually a cop? I don't know. Or is he just, like, take it from a cop? I mean, I could see him potentially either having kill. I mean, I guess it'd be tough to kill a cop, especially if they know where he's been patrolling, because that's going to draw their attention. I wouldn't be surprised if there is a small kind of little area where he potentially could be a police officer and nobody and that's why nobody really kind of comes looking for people going missing up there oh maybe he's the he's the, the he only could cop be, there yeah. in that little whatever that place was called but I mean, it's never something. established though so this is all kind of you know conjecture yeah yeah because but but yeah it felt kind of like because then there's didn't it happen in that movie maybe the second one that happens where the cop where the cops working for them no that's the first one right yeah 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 so he gets her and takes her and like, oh, great. But she <laughs> right. tricks him. She gets away from this kind of easily, in my opinion. <laughs> I agree. And see, this is also where I go him. back to that point about how, like, being in you know, the middle of the night, in the middle of the woods, they live in these woods. If anybody should be able to get around as easily as they could, it would be them. But instead, it's the women. And like you were saying, like, she literally just throws a rock and then... It, it's actually kind of funny though when he goes diving into those bushes and then ends up rolling down the hill. Yeah, and he just jumps. He just jumps head first. Right. He's gonna do that later in the movie too. Honestly. Yes. He just jumps head first later. Yep. Too. Through the window. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but um, so then you know what we jump because when she goes back to try to get to her friends. Yep. Is this where we get the scene where uh, his brothers with the mom playing the game? I think this is that point, yes, because, um, well, I guess before, when they when she sends Ike to go find the girls, that's where she falls down and claims that somebody named Queenie attacked her, ran into the woods, and it's here, as you were saying, is that they're playing this game of uh, Parcheesi, and she is... I didn't know what they were playing. <laughs> I know that's what it is. I have no idea how to play or what any of the things are. But it's here, though, is that we actually get to reveal Queenie is the mother's sister that is supposed to be kind of feral and has been living in the woods. But the brothers don't believe she's real. And I guess their grandmother told them that she had killed uh, Queenie. Yeah, so he doesn't even believe it. I know we kind of were kind of fan fiction in it earlier about (laughs) different ways to insert Queenie into this a little sooner. Uh, But, yeah, that's it's a... I don't think you really need it, but I mean, it comes back later, but I don't think It does, but I mean, kind of what we were talking about for our own fan fiction here is that if you're going to make the Queenie character be real, I think we should have incorporated the character in here somewhere, or at least, like, let us see this character, because what we kind of end up getting, I feel, is almost shoehorned in, where... Yeah, it felt very shoehorned in. Right. Instead, I actually like the idea almost for... What this movie and how it presents things, I almost like it better that the mother is using this as a way to control the sons, and that's why mm. they never have left her, where they kind of are questioning if this person's actually real or not, and then it end up, you know, what ends up happening kind of ruins what they're kind of going for, in my opinion. Yeah, because it, it felt like part of the manipulation, but it's not. Right. You find out. So, yeah, that's not, that's not a good thing to do. But if they would, like you said, and we talked about it, if they would just incorporate a scene here or there where she either kills either kills one of the ladies or kills one of the brothers, maybe. Or Anything could have happened there, you know? And it would have been like, who is this chick? Where did she come from? And then she talks about Queenie, and then we know 
wow, was that Queenie that we just saw? Is she right. a threat for the rest of the movie? Because that I mean, give you something extra. You could have that is how Jackie ends up officially dying, is that mm. they see Queenie actually kill her and then goes off into the woods is something you could do. You could even have Trina run into her while she's running through the woods and yeah. get spooked by her, and then they kind of go their opposite ways. So, I mean, like, there's a few different avenues they could have taken that I think would have made it better for what we get. I mean, I get what they're going for in this movie, though. They're going for the shock value at the very end. Yeah. But... <laughs> I would have preferred, you know, a little bit more there because it kind of, like we said, kind of just feels forced. Yeah, because is there is there a Queenie sequel that we never we never got that we were supposed to I get mean, or what? That, that <laughs> character looked kind of interesting, I will say that. We get the Queenie sequel to this? And yeah. Does she have kids of her own or what? Like, yeah. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, they really set it up, like you said. Like, and Friday the 13th is looming very heavily over this production. Yes. For sure. <laughs> so, hey, if, if we can get a baby, because it was Jason, right, that pops up? Yep. So if we can get that, I mean, we can do that. He She pops out of the trees. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if That's the only thing that would have made it worse. If they would have had had them get on a boat or something to escape, oh, and yeah. then she jumped out of the water, that would, you know what? I actually would have said so. I would have, I would have liked that more, maybe. <laughs> if they just said, screw it, we're going to do a straight copy. Right, we're just getting with you. Well, to me, I mean, talking about other things that they might have stolen from here is I feel like the girls end up going straight um, Rambo, where they decide now that their friend has died that they're going to go get their revenge on this demented family. Yeah, that was, that's not really what happens in movies like this usually. Right. (laughs) So I thought that was an interesting thing. Now, what year is this again? Uh, Because there's another movie where that happens, but that was after this, I think. Oh, this is 80. When was Nightmare on Elm Street? Do you know? Oh, yeah. That feels like what Nancy does. She yeah, does Rambo. That, I think, I, is... <laughs> I think that's after this, though, right? Yes. Uh, I think that's 85? No, that's before that. I think it's early 80s, but not... I don't think it's 80, though. I think I'll, one or two. Yeah, I'm checking real quick. But I think... <laughs> it felt like Nancy, because they, they put on, like, headbands, and they're like... You know what? We're gonna do it for her, our friend, because she, our friend died. Right. Officially died, so they're they're gonna do it for her, and they're like, "This is our last chance. We gotta, you know, go ahead. We gotta go meet him up, meet him face to face." Right. Yeah. And <laughs> I guess they had a good, they had kind of a good plan, honestly, because the oh. way the way they attacked this, these guys, they used some trickery, and I think that's kind of cool. Oh, I agree. Um, and actually, real quick, it looks like Elm Street is eighty four, but okay, eighty four. So I agree not, with you, I'm, though. So he took it from here. <laughs> I agree with you about how they attack, is that they have the one, you know, kind of go for the front door, and then Adley, well, you know, is, you know, coming after her, and then he gets attacked from behind, and I'm like, oh, you know, that's it's a genius way to do that. What, you know what I forgot, though? What's that? Last House on the Left. Isn't that West Craven, too? The original one? What was that? I say, isn't that West Craven too? The last house on the left, or whatever. Yes, it is. Don't at the very end they do that. They yep start. <laughs> yeah, it's so kind it's of all, his it's calling all, card. It's all out there. Just get yep. revenge. Okay, <laughs> so maybe that's just a that's a leap then maybe. Okay, I just wanted to make sure because I was like, wait a minute, I know he's done it before too. <laughs> yep. Okay, sorry. Okay, sorry. Go back to what you were saying. Oh yeah, and then I mean, from here's where they start to kind of start getting their revenge on these guys, as we were saying, and I like 
how brutal these women start to attack these guys. Yeah, so like, I like the first, let's talk about that kill. Who is that? Is that Adelaide? Yes, because I know Ike jumps out of the window, as we were kind of saying, and it's kind of funny when that happens. He sees his <laughs> brother being attacked, and that's why he comes out. Yeah, but I, I, uh, that was a pretty good trick they did to him. I like I like the, <laughs> she just got the thing in her hand, so you see her go up to him like she stabbed him, and then she just puts her hand in front of him. Yep. <laughs> so that's a, that's a good way to do that. And then she just got like a little hatchet or something. Yes. And just gets him right in the balls, so... Oh man, I, I, that that felt painful. For the sure. The way he kind of kind of fell back. Now see, he's screaming, and the mom, different from the remake, which we'll talk a little bit about, but the mom never really helps him. I know she can hear him screaming, right? I was gonna say, like, that's one of the problems I have with this movie as well is that there are people yelling and talking and screaming, and literally nobody else in the house can seem to hear it. Yeah, and this house is not that big. It's not it's that an big. older style house, but it's not that big. Right. You should be able to hear that. Especially if it's older, you should be able to hear <laughs> through there a little better, I think. Well, I mean, not um, only that, is that when they start to kill Ike, I like that they pour, like, the powdered bleach in his mouth. And I thought that was a cool effect to have him, you know, start vomiting, you know, that up. But then, literally, they go inside the house and, you know, throw a TV onto his head where he's, you know, <laughs> moving around yelling and screaming. And then Trina ends up stabbing him to death. And it's like, yeah, how does she not overkill. know any of this? It's a bit overkill. Too. Right. I was thinking it was like, in the, in the newer movie, they they do something similar. But that was a bit overkill in this movie. Because I was like, honestly, I think the bleach should have killed him. Or whatever that was. Oh, that yeah. should have been enough to kill him. Or at least to incapacitate him, at least. Well, I thought they were going to go <laughs> more the into TV, that. Yeah. The TV should be enough to finish the job. And she's like, gets the electric. It's not even. Is it even a knife or is it just an electric carver? Uh, no, you're right. It's a carver. Yeah, it's an electric and carver. She carves, she carves them up. So yep. there you go. <laughs> hey, but, but hey, they're getting revenge, and I think it's. I think it's cool. But I agree. did you notice he makes like a pig sound or something when he jumps out the window originally? Yeah, he does do a weird sound, and that effect was actually quite funny, too. I'm not going to lie. That it one actually... It reminded me, me of Waterboy. You know how he always made, like, a donkey sound or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It sounded kind of like that. I was like, what is... And I was trying to think, was he doing that the whole movie? Did he always make a... Like, a, a voice... Like, did he always do, like, an overlay of some kind of animal sound? Um, I don't know. I don't... Or was he actually doing that? Was he actually making that sound? Well, the only thing I could think of... I do feel that his, his, at least how he talks as his character, he's very nasally. So I wonder mm -hmm. if that is kind of why it sounds so, like, animalistic. Yeah, possible. I could buy it. But, uh... So, okay, where we get to now? So now... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're gonna get, uh... Oh, I got... I got Titty Pillow. So yeah. Well, this is another great back callback is that they these two women go down to, you know, finally punish mother. And I love that Abby starts to think of her own mother. And as you said, mm -hmm. you know, she gets suffocated with a inflatable boot pillow. Yeah, that was a weird thing just to have in the house. I mean, I like the but... idea of using something clear so we can, like, you know, see the face as it's suffocated. I think it's weird yeah. that it's a boob, though. Yeah, that's random. <laughs> if they put a boob <laughs> down her throat, I don't know. Oh, you know what? Something that I thought was really creepy and we didn't talk about it. Yeah. That ch when when they killing the first brother, the one that got the hatchet to the balls. Yep. She stuffs about 
three pair of old school sweat socks in his mouth. Oh, I didn't even think like about that. Like down his throat almost. Yeah. It like. And I'm like, oh, that would be an awful way to suffocate. <laughs> That's actually gross, actually. Yeah, because she's, she's stuffing them and then yeah. they're cutting and then you see like a brand new sock. And yeah. she's like stuffing it again. I'm like, oh, God. She's getting a revenge though for them stuffing, you know, something in their mouth and then tying it off. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> but that's man, that's that I forgot about that one part. But I was like, man, that's actually ooh. thinking about that. I was like, oh man, that would that would be awful. That's an awful way to suffocate. <laughs> oh, for sure. But uh, okay, but she ends up killing her, and then like you said, she was getting we get the voiceover of her own mom, right? Like she's yep. hearing her own mom in her voice, and yep. So, question is her mom alive? Did she kill her own mom? <laughs> Um, or she's just doing what she wish she could do to her own mom. I think it's more of that, where she, this is what she wishes she could do to her own mother. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be honest, though, I wouldn't so, be surprised if she snaps she... and goes and does this to her own mother. Hold on. So when we when we hear her mom, is that present day, or is that from when she was in college? Uh, I think that was when um, she got the I telegram to was... go there. Yeah, so I think it's present day. Oh, it was present day. Okay, yep. so the mom is actually... okay. So her mom is actually at home right now. Then. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so I think that is what she wants to do to her mom. I 100% <laughs> think it is. So she gave her the power. But you know what? And then she was crying afterward because she's the one, she balls up on the ball on the floor. Yep. And she's crying because then she's like, man, I really don't want to kill my mom. But <laughs> it felt good to get that out. But at the same time, what have I done? What have I become? <laughs> it's all starting to set in. <laughs> she's, on a, she's like crying in a little ball like, oh, no. <laughs> Yep. But actually, she's thinking, hmm, if I get out of here, I'm going to kill my mom. <laughs> <laughs> that was really easy. I thought it would be harder than that. <laughs> but For okay. Sure. Sorry, guys. That was kind of dark. Sorry. But <laughs> okay, man. So then they're, they're walking out, and we get our reveal that Queenie's a real person. Yep. We get our Friday like the Jason. 13th ending here, where Queenie actually pops out of the brush, and we get to see that... From the story that we learned earlier that she is in fact missing an ear so that part of the story was real but she was not killed and you know kind of comes out and that's where everything ends when she you know comes out of her hiding spot yeah so that that was wasn't the best ending i know like we said they want to have that same moment as uh friday 13th but i don't know yeah. i didn't really i, I didn't mean, really dig it that much i do we feel like, know that she's a real said, person but I like that idea, and I'm okay with going that way. Because, I mean, actually kind of going to another Wes Craven movie, this also kind of feels like um, The Hills Have Eyes, especially oh, yeah. where, like, you know, we have these weirdos living out in the middle of nowhere and everything like that. And, I mean, this actually mm-hmm. kind of feels a lot like um, the first scene where you kind of get to see Papa Jupiter in the original one where he pulls uh, the old man out of the window. But, like, mm-hmm. I just wish they would have given us a little bit more instead of just saying the name. Yeah, we would have, we should we had to see her earlier. We needed right. a scene with her earlier, um, or just like something that makes us not know who that was or something. Something, right. just some kind of preview that to know that she's a real thing in this movie. Exactly. Because you you didn't you didn't earn to like have her jump out. We're right. just talking about it one time, <laughs> or maybe a couple times, but that's not enough to have her jump out at the end. Exactly. As the final <laughs> as the final scene thing you see. Yeah, it's, so, a, it's a final scare here. Yeah. Man, so I, I'm going to have to change my my original ideas on this, man, after actually talking about it. All right, man, so you, what do you want to do? Jump into the next one, or you want to go ahead and talk about a review of this one? Um, Yeah, we can kind of uh, 
go ahead and start to compare and kind of contrast what how these two movies, you know, kind of, you know, what they do well and what the other one, you know, kind of like what they do not as well as on top of that. Okay. So, what do you, <laughs> so how do you want to jump into that, man? Because the uh, remake, it's a lot, it's a lot different. Yeah. And as I mentioned earlier, it was originally a spec script. Okay. Called Wichita by two bank robbers. So. Yeah. They take the bare bones of this story, the original story, and mesh it with that. Okay. So just keep that in mind as we're getting ready to talk about this remake. I think they do well with doing that, though. Yeah, I think so. I think it's, I think, and I said it earlier, I believe, or I don't know if that was in our pregame I said it, but that's how you make a remake, I think. That's the best yeah. way to do it. And let's, let's, uh, let's just talk about the, the mom and the, because we we're not going to go through that whole movie like that. Right. right? Okay, so let's just talk about some of the characters. So I want to talk about the, the mom, mm-hmm. mother, and I want to talk about the kids. Okay. So that's one of the, the bigger differences. Well, there's several differences in the movie. But that's one of the ones that kind of stands out to me mm-hmm. is that they gave her an extra son and a daughter. Right. So besides the two, the two sons that are in the original movie, they gave her two more kids. So I thought that was kind of interesting, and they both seem younger than the first two, so it feels like... Right. The first movie didn't happen, but it's the same people, like, later on in life, and she's picked up two more kids. Right. If that makes sense. Like, they didn't die, and none of that happened. But they just... So... But the house... <laughs> no, not the house yet. Let's talk about the kids. So, the the daughter is Lydia, right? And the other brother is Johnny. Yes. And I thought it was interesting, because Lydia feels like Abby a little bit. Okay. Like, she has... A weird thing where she doesn't like what her mom is doing. Okay. Now, I know in, that, in the story, you don't really get much about that, but they kind of, mm-hmm. to me, because I had to watch the other movie again, the original again, because I couldn't remember what the girl with the bat, with the mom's name was, the one that kills mother. I couldn't okay. remember her name, because yeah. I thought her name was Lydia. So I was like, <sighs> did they just, just swap that character out and make yeah, her somebody kind of else? rotate it instead of having it be one of the, yeah, the victims, make it actually be part of the family. Yeah, and that's what it felt like to me in that remake that they did that. Yeah, and I guess having the little son, having the the third son, I'm not sure if that was part of the Wichita because I don't know if it said two or three okay. uh, kids or not. I feel like it said two, so I don't know if that was just something they decided to add. Mm-hmm. But that the dynamic with having uh, Rebecca De Mornay play the mom, it's is way different. What is what is your um, Rebecca De Mornay? history are you familiar with her movies um and her acting abilities i have i know i've seen her in something else i'm drawing a blank on it i believe she is in what the hand that rocks the cradle i believe she's yes that, psycho that's in one that, that movie. i know her for sure that's that's the first thing that comes to my mind when I think uh, about the her, other the one i just realized is um identity i know she yeah. is the actress i believe in that movie that is like that, that character yeah, she's. I'm trying to remember if there's anything else that I know her just offhand, but I feel like, and, and I'm I'm kind of setting up the two moms versus each other here, mm-hmm. but um, I feel like they took a little bit more attention to setting up her her kind of background because yeah. they they give us in the remake they give us an opening scene of her kidnapping one of the kids, which is never really addressed in the original one. Right. That she's kidnapped those kids. So I thought that was kind of cool that to, to we already see when she was younger, she was crazy. And then they also give us, because we're, we're spo- this is all spoilers, guys, so 
because we're not talking about the whole movie. But right. they give us the exposition that she can't have kids. Okay. So that's why she's kidnapping them. So I think that was interesting too. But they never, one thing I thought, and they gave us a lot more with, with uh, the remakes version of the mother than they mm-hmm. gave us with the with the original. But I really wish they would have incorporated that other that, that opening from the original some kind of way. That I don't me- know how they would have done it. Because I, I thought that was a cool, it's cool to see her steal the baby or kidnap the baby. Right. That was kind of cool. But I really like that opening from the original one where she tricks the, the people that are going to try to kill her. She ends up killing them. I thought that was really cool, though. I'm with you. I do think that would be... It, it is a good introduction in the original. But see, I wish the original would have incorporated more because when you had brought it up, because I completely had forgotten, is that she actually... The mother in the remake is kidnapping these kids, and that's where she kind of... Because she can't have the kids. I yeah. almost feel like that's the exact story that we're having with mother in the original but they just don't flesh that out because it definitely seems like these aren't really her kids because we never hear anything about a father we never have anything where that's mentioned so that's i almost feel like it's the same exact kind of concept they just don't Mm -hmm. give us any of that backstory but i agree with you i would have liked to have seen something along those lines where maybe the mother in the original is going to something like that as well and not only that but then have them I guess it's not the same type of movie because obviously the remake is going more for home invasion where Mm -hmm. it would have been nice to see her kids kind of set that tone right there in the beginning. Yeah, I would have, I would have liked that, but that they do flesh her out better in the, in the remake than the the original one. Yep. But there are, there are some parts that the original didn't even really address that that they've just added in on this movie. Right. So I wonder if that was the original concept or not in the original one. Exactly. And she had kidnapped him. But, again, she doesn't care when they die. I mean, not that she doesn't care, but she doesn't try to actively stop them from getting killed. She knows they're getting killed, right? Yep. So that's different because they, I feel like <laughs> the Rebecca, the, the Mornay version, really loves those kids with all her heart and really would kill for them if somebody tried to hurt them. Like, she felt more like a real mother. <laughs> well, not like that. <laughs> that makes sense. But, I mean, in the original... That mother is demented, where I honestly feel like in the remake, kind of going what you're saying, is Rebe- Rebecca de-, de Mornay's character is psychotic. Like, I honestly feel like, I mean, we get to see the original one where she, you know, kills the first girl where she uh, strangles her with the rope. But, I mean, I honestly feel like Rebecca would do way more heinous things, and I, I like that. It's creepier, it's scarier, where her kids are almost, I think, afraid of her a little bit. Yeah, yeah, they are. I, I feel like that's. See, I feel like in the original, they're afraid that she's not gonna love them. Yes, exactly. And I feel like in the new one, in the remake, they do that. They they play with that also, with that kind of psyche, and that she's manipulating them. Yeah. But I feel like they know that she would kill them too. <laughs> exactly. Like they they know that they don't want her not to love them because then she might kill me. Uh, yeah. That's what I feel like in that one. And that's scarier. <laughs> Yeah, that's a lot. The her menace, and I and I said it before, because actually both moms do this, but just they didn't, you know, not not to say anything bad about that actress, mm-hmm. but she doesn't have that same ability that Rebecca DeMore. Oh has. no, I'm, she doesn't. Not, not at all. And maybe she does, and they just didn't ask her to do it because it was they were trying to play more comedic. I don't know, 
but she really can just turn that really nice real nice person to just an evil like just just like that just on a dime yeah. with a look it's not even a word just with a look her, her a look she does with her eyes and all you can see that she's made that switch yep and there's several there's several moments when she's interacting with people in, in the remake uh especially with the the victims that are downstairs that you know she's being really cordial and nice and yep. reassuring almost which is weird when you're taking somebody hostage you know <laughs> right so it's like so there you could and you can see it that some of the people are really like reacting to her like believing her because even in that and there's a part later where, where lady's like i believed you i believed everything you said like there's a part where somebody says that later in the movie but, but I think it's even creepier, though, is that she can disarm you. And, I mean, from what I remember, like, they honestly feel like if they could find where this stuff is hidden, that they'll actually let them go. When, you know, in the grand scheme of things, if you've seen what these people look like, they're not going to let you survive. But these people still have so much faith because, and I mean, that's actually kind of great manipulation where she can be like, disarm these people, but we know how psychotic she actually goes. Yeah, and if you notice something else, and this is something else we can talk about in comparison, um, how the mom uses other people or uses use, likes to manipulate people. Yep. And in the original one, she does that quite a bit with the kids, manipulating them. Yep. But in the new one, she does that too, even with the, uh, because the, she doesn't do it to the uh, women in the original one. She doesn't really manipulate them. Right, she doesn't turn them against each other at all. She's not even really talking to them. Really, right? Not really. I mean, it's really they don't only mean really interact. Yeah, really, that like awkward for... scene with uh, like the acting thing is really the only time I remember her, and like very early on when they get brought to the house. But like after that, they really don't have a lot of interaction until the ending sequence. But like you're saying, like the remake, there's a lot of kind of interaction between all of them. Yeah, and that that helps build her character. But yeah, with the mother, she's talking directly to them, and right. she's manipulating them, as we're talking about earlier. She's, she's using her power of manipulation against them. And I wonder, because in this movie, and we can talk about the side characters together, too, if you want to. Uh, or the victims, I mean. Mm-hmm. But um, but I think it's it's interesting how she's almost turning them against each other with some of the stuff she says. Right. And, she's, and as we get throughout the story and some of the revelations come out, and watching it, I rewatched not the full movie, mm-hmm. but I kind of skimmed through it to see if <laughs> stuff matched up, you know? Yeah. And it's obvious that, that Frank Grillo's cheating on his wife in the remake. It's obvious at the beginning. I do kind of remember And I didn't that, remember yeah. it being as obvious as it was until I knew what, what it was. Right. And then and at that moment, you know, once, once you see the movie and you know what happens, if you go back and watch it a second time, you'll see, yep, at this moment, she made a face or she said something, and you knew the wife knew he was cheating with that girl at that moment. Right. Like she already knew. <laughs> and then <laughs> what happens at the end, you know, is already kind of seen at that moment. So I think it's interesting. Now, um, anything else you want to add to the to the moms here as we're talking, uh, kind of walking through it? No, I mean, I think you kind of nailed on the head is that I just think they do better at fleshing it out for sure. And I think the performance is just better. And it makes it a stronger character in general. The only one thing I will say, I think, throwing Queenie in this movie was just for homage purposes because it really didn't have anything to do with this movie. They didn't try to 
shoehorn it in or anything. They just, well, right. never mind. They did. They did shoehorn it in, but <laughs> a different way than the original did. Right. Because just, it just comes up in conversation in this movie, in the remake, right? Do you I, remember? I think so. But, it, but there's no Queenie reveal. Like, we don't get a Queenie reveal. Right. Like the last one. Until the end, but, right there at the But end. there's a moment where she tells them that they have to hurry or do something because Queenie's could come and get her. She says it in the remake. Okay. There, there's a there's a drop line where she talks about them not leaving her for that. Cause I, because I don't know this guy's the actor's name. He's Iceman in the original X-Men franchise. Oh, yeah, Sean Ashmore. <laughs> yep. But he, he makes a reference to it. And she said about her manipulating the kids. And she says starts having a conversation about Queenie or something. Okay. Just something random happens. So yeah. So it's mentioned, but it's so Queenie. Either way, they didn't do a great job with Queenie. Both both versions. Yeah, it kind of <laughs> seems like it's something that I don't know, like almost more of an afterthought or just something like, hey. I mean, we obviously we delved really into it for the original, but yeah, it does seem like this one it just has it even more as just like. Hey, this was referenced in the first one. Let's kind of toss it in here as well. Yeah. So, I mean, if I had to give it, I would give it to the the new Queenie. I mean, Queen, the new mom, <laughs> Rebecca DeMornay. For sure. I think they really had it. But I also want to say, and I want to say this with all sincerity, I think it's a good movie, but I feel like it's a bit long. It's almost two hours long, the remake. Yeah, I saw that. And I, they really could have trimmed that down. Yeah. I, I really think, because there's a lot of stuff that happens, but... It feels like too much. And I don't understand the time frame because in that movie, there's a point where she says, it's already dark outside. She looks at her watch and she says, we should be done by eight o'clock. And I feel like a lot of time passes and a lot of stuff happens. And I don't know if we ever get an update on what time it is. I know it's after eight o'clock though. Right. I don't recall that they ever kind of, outside of when she says that, I don't feel like I remember... But it was already dark, so I'm like... So, so it, it couldn't like be that far from 8, you know... 6.30, maybe? Right. In the winter or something? I don't know. Time hadn't changed yet, so it's dark early? I don't know. So <laughs> it felt weird. I was like, because a lot of stuff happens. And I thought she she said if they're not back by 8, she would have called them. She never calls them until we get to like what happens later in that movie. Right. So I'm like, so is it not... Is this all happening in real time? Like, I don't understand. That's never really that's never really talked about. I don't think if this is real time, it can't be real time because a lot of stuff is happening. <laughs> no, I agree. Like, yeah, it doesn't oh, seem like it necessarily know. is. Yeah, that's a weird. That's that's weird about it. Okay, so let's talk about. Let's jump over to the to the family. So so who was your queenie pick? I mean, I keep saying queenie. <laughs> what a that would have been a good name for the mom to have is queenie or something. That'd have been an interesting reveal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's actually queenie. Is like a split personality. <laughs> That actually would have been a good reveal, honestly. That she didn't die and she just came back. And she's just there. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually her that jumped over the thing. But um, let's talk about uh, your mom. We're, not your mom, but the mom, mother. Who was your, so Rebecca Mornay, Mornay is the Mornay, is your favorite of those two? Yes, yeah. Okay. I have to, I have to clean that up. Okay. <laughs> so let's jump into the brothers. What do you think about the brothers? Old brothers versus new brothers. Because we got some extra family members in the remake. Um, which I think, actually, we did. We just needed the sister. I don't think we needed an extra brother. Yeah, I don't think they needed to have a third brother. Um, for me, I 
the ones in the original are caricatures and kind of very over the top, and they're leaning more into the comedy with a lot of mm-hmm. things that they're doing. So, I mean, like... Now, if you remember, because I don't know if you remember, the remake, one of the brothers is, is really comedic, and I don't know if you remember that. I don't not. necessarily recall it, but I just know they that... Lean, they lean in... very heavy on bringing that back. It was actually uh, Adelaide. Ad- Adelaide? What's his name? Adelaide? Okay, that would make sense. I just remember... That's the, that's the younger brother that... If you remember, I don't know if you remember, but he's trying to run downstairs because he hears a noise and he falls down the stairs and drops the gun and he's okay. clumsy and not, and he's accidentally shoots like two people or something. See, I don't mind that. Like, that's fine for me. I just remember that it'll be kind of more like where I would say with like the effects is that they're much more menacing with some of the things that we get to see. So I think that actually works better for me where like in the original one, like they're bickering about what's better, either uh, punk or disco. And they're kind of acting very childlike where I know like from what I at least remember in the remake is that they don't necessarily kind of lean into that and they actually seem a little bit more scary. Yeah. And actually it's supposed to be the same because they actually follow the same basic thing and they talk about it more because the doctor... The doctor and the and the remake is there for a lot of exposition. Yeah. Because things are said around him mm-hmm. while he's there. That's that's why they have the third brother just to add uh, somewhere okay. a, a setting where somebody can be there to hear exposition. Yeah. Happening. <laughs> I, I, that's that's the only reason why I think. Okay. But um, but anyways, like the 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 he has some exposition in the movie where he says that they didn't go to school. She kidnapped him and they didn't go to school. They okay. were just taught whatever she taught them. Yeah. So they're supposed to be dumb, dumber. And and she's supposed to have done it to control them easier. So... Uh, that would make sense. But they didn't really play... Like, like you're saying, though, they didn't really play to it as much in the newer one. Only the, the Adley brother is kind of dumb. Right. And he's the one that keeps screwing up and killing people by accident and hurting people. Right. Because she tells him at, some, at one point... Like, you really screwed up, because all you're supposed to do, every time I tell you to do something, you mess up, or something. <laughs> something like that. Because well, right. he shoots somebody's head off by accident at yes. some point. And so I thought that was like... But anyways, like, I think they do a good job with the two brothers, like like you said. But they, they should have been a little more dumb, I think. Because the older brother feels not, not as dumb. But yeah, maybe I, he's I, just street smart. I kind of remember that. I mean, I guess... Even if you don't have, like, a formal education, you could definitely, as you said there, actually, is that, like, you could be more street smart where mm-hmm. you can handle yourself. You just, I, I, you can't, you can't hold, like, a you can't cold think conversation. That far down the line, exactly. Like, you can't make plans and stuff. You can't. Because it feels like they depend heavily on their mom. Yes. To kind of lead them or guide them, kind of. So, but I think... And like, like I said, I thought the sister, Lydia, adding her, felt like the other girl from Abby, the one that didn't like her mom. Okay. So let's talk about her. She, all she does really is is kind of give exposition to the doctor. And I don't remember if she, we have a scene with her telling him all this stuff. Okay. But we do have scenes with them talking, uh, like two, at least two to three scenes with them talking about stuff. Okay. Because the doctor, like, comes after uh Rebecca de Mornay's mother with all the with all the stuff that she's done to them because the girl told her. And he's like, 
you didn't even send them to school so you could control them easier, and you didn't do this, and that's why I was talking about the exposition. Right. So he's dropping all this stuff, like, trying to mentally combat her or something. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a scene, and it, it works for a second, but I think it's shot or something. I don't even remember. Yeah. But, <laughs> no, no, he gets shot later. Never mind. Some, something happens. But anyways, like, so she's just there for exposition. So I don't, I guess we could have her. But again, it's just just for that reason. It's the only reason why why she's there and the brother, Johnny, is there. Yeah. Just to give us a room to have exposition in. So I guess that's okay, but what did you think that was better to add them or not better to add the extra siblings? I mean, I'm fine with adding a little bit of exposition, but I mean, I also feel like what I remember is this is some of the stuff that could have been trimmed because I don't necessarily know if it adds enough to really warrant it. Yeah, I don't think it does. I think, and also, uh, and we can jump into the next part here, which would be the, uh, like, the victims of the the family. Yep. And compare it, we can compare them a little bit. So we just have our Rat Pack, and I like our Rat Pack better than I like the, the group of friends that are part, of, and it's a lot of people, a lot of couples <laughs> that are part of the, the That's remakes. what I remember, is that there was a ton of characters, and I mean, a lot of that, though, is because of we do get an array of kind of like torture scenes and stuff. So like, yeah, you need body, you need bodies. Exactly. You need it for that. And I do actually, to an extent like that, even though all these people are kind of friends that I do recall, like them kind of turning on each other a bit. And I'm always kind of liking that for home invasion movies. Mm -hmm. If you have this many characters where it's kind of where you get some of those people that are like, well, like, if we do this, we'll survive. Like, a lot of it's stress yeah. where you think that if you do it, you actually are going to survive, when in reality, nine times out of ten, you're not, even if you do help them. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I like the, the back and forth with those characters. Right. But I just really liked the Rat Pack more for some reason. Like, well, so do I. Because, I mean, it's I kind of funny. I mean, I just praise that the new one does this. But, I mean, I like it the fact that this Rat Pack group is, like, one of their own dies, so they band together and they're going to go get their revenge for it, where you don't get that same camaraderie necessarily with this one because, like we said, people are harboring secrets and they also start turning on each other. Yeah. Now, I will say, like you said, I do like that aspect of it with these characters because I do like, but it's, I think it's really got to do with her manipulation too. Yep. Because she is kind of manipulating when some people want to escape. Some people think that, you know, if we just... You know, do what they say, we'll get out of here. Yep. Because some people believe her. Right. And nobody knows about the money thing. That's, that's a whole other plot. Mm-hmm. Subplot that's not even really important to closer to the end. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think that was actually a cool thing to add in there, to keep that that, that was actually happening. Right. But um, one thing I do like about the, our new characters, or, di- or didn't like, I mean, is that there's a couple women that we never really meet. Mm-hmm. So like so like when they first when we first go to the party at the beginning of that movie, and we first introduced to all these people, yep. Like we get we get like a quick mini scene with a few people. Okay. So we find out the black couple are right. You know, on the way up, and they are want to have some kids, but they don't have any yet. So we kind of get a quick on them. The other one is like he's rich, and he wants to. Um, what is the was the guy with the fake hair? Something. Him and his wife have some kind of deal, and they have a little banter back and forth. And he's like, "Watch what I can do," or something. I don't know. Right. But there's there's little 
little moments they give so we can kind of meet them. But we only really get to know like a few of them. So like the doctor guy is going to help him later. We get a scene with him and his girl and she's already got kids and they're to gotten together and they're having that discussion like, are you sure you're okay with, you know, marrying me if I already have kids? So we get that little, you know, thing. And the doctor plays a role as compassionate. And in that moment, they kind of, you know, kind of give us a quick, see, he's compassionate. He loves her and her kid. <laughs> right. I think that's what they're shorthanding. <laughs> yeah. But he gets that moment. So I do like that the, we get those little moments and then you see them start turning on each other. Mm-hmm. And one of those moments, <laughs> we get a Marilyn Monroe moment, which I don't know. I don't know if you remember that, but like, the girl that the husband's cheating on. Yeah his wife with there's a scene where everybody's playing like group like like not group but like teams of um pool and uh she grabs the stick and she like saunters up singing like this little thing about him and she's like here i'm gonna see how you work the stick and then she's rubbing on his back and i'm like i, I say marilyn monroe because it's like why are you doing this in front of everybody I you're making it too obvious that. now you start describing it yeah and I was like, oh, my God. And they show the wife's face, and the wife's like, you're having sex with her, aren't you? Like, her face is saying that. You're having sex with her, aren't you? Right. And then she's like, oh, we're just joking. I don't want his wife to get with <laughs> But you find out later they are having sex. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> it gets, yeah. but the thing that I, um, do you remember, it gets really twisted at the end as part of the mother's manipulation because this mother and I'm not going back into mother, but this mother is like going through their house, like mm-hmm. looking up, looking in their mail and looking up their personal stuff. Right. Cause she's looking for stuff to use against them. Exactly. <laughs> Which is again, the other mother wouldn't, wouldn't be doing that. No, not at all. <laughs> okay. But, um, but anyways, anything else you want to talk about with the family, the brothers and the other siblings before we, I don't really with think them I have, or, or anything else. On the, I don't really uh, think I have anything else to delve into for them. Okay, I want to I want to get to the kills of these people. That's why I was saying if you wanted to talk about it. yes, it's funny. I want to like, talk about the tortures and the kills. That when we, we were talking a little bit in pregame about it, you had brought up a couple of them, and the moment you had said like a couple words, I knew exactly some of the ones you were talking about. And I mean, I was actually shocked with how much more brutal this one is than the yes. original one. Because I mean, the original one I think kind of technically falls into like exploitation. Where I know that Darren Lynn Bowsman's the director here, and he did, like, three of the Saul films. I think he might even be doing Spiral that's coming out. But, like, Mm -hmm. he really leans into, like, the torture porn aspects for this movie. Yeah, really, I think so. Because this... And I wasn't expecting that when when I went into it. Me neither, that first time. I wasn't expecting the gore to be like that. Right. (laughs) And it was pretty bad. So, and I I said this to you before, I just couldn't... I was thrown, thrown... thrown off because Frank Grillo never fights anybody, right. never fights back. Right. He's never tough. He's always, there's a scene like where you think he's going to say something cool and he's like, what do you want me to do? I don't know what to do. <laughs> I'm like, yes you do. I've seen you do it in countless movies. It's Come wild, on. yeah. <laughs> but it, it was just weird and one thing I didn't like about, about the, when, when we get into this stuff, there's moments that happen where like, a second later in the movie, like, a character was overzealously ready to do something. Yeah. And then when the moment comes... Well, I guess that makes it realistic, I guess. But when the moment comes, they're, like, frozen for a second. Yeah. Which makes it not happen. 
So, for instance, there's a scene uh, where, and this is all spoilers, there's a scene where a guy gets his head blown off, yep. and the other guy was on the way upstairs ready to, to fight somebody, and he just watches him fight the guy. I'm like, why won't you run up and help him right then? Right. Why'd yeah. you wait till he got his head blown up before you decided to run up? I didn't understand. <laughs> yeah. Like, what are you doing? But, like, some of the women, like, they get killed early on in this group. Like, uh, I think it's the doctor's girlfriend that gets shot first because she tries to make a run for it. Um, and I thought, well, we never really know anything else about her, so yeah, okay. And he's the doctor's like, where's whatever her name is? Yeah. And then later on, he never asked about her ever again. <laughs> That's always, I think, sometimes okay. it's kind of an issue where I was actually listening to a podcast talk about something just recently like this where this character supposedly is important to this person, but they never acknowledge it, like, after something <laughs> happens, and it's like... You, it's always incredible when something like that happens, right. you never acknowledge that person ever again. Right. <laughs> a funny... What, you know a movie that does that? I watched it for no reason. Lawnmower Man. Oh. Uh, he has a wife in that movie, and then at the end, he just, like, makes a new family <laughs> with, with the survivors of the movie. I'm like, what? You had a wife. You're not going to bury her? I think right, she's yeah. not in the movie. You're not going to bury her or nothing? You're just going to run off with these people? Okay. <laughs> so it's always weird, like, in movies when they just... You can tell that's a cut job where some a story plot got cut out and yep. they just had to make the best of it. Exactly. But, or, yeah, yep. it's, it's interesting how that happens because he never mentions her again. He even also feels like he's falling for this Lydia chick, which I don't understand that either. But there's a real tone where he's like, like she's like, uh, she got cut or something, and she's in the bathroom and she takes her shirt off just in a bra and jeans, mm-hmm. and he's kind of staring at her, and I'm like, what? Are, what are we? What, is he supposed to like her? I don't understand that. But he uses that to manipulate her to tell him information because she kind of likes him. Right. So I don't know. But Ice Man, he was he was cold with his ice, and he he actually does some good stuff in the movie. But he gets killed at the end by Johnny. Johnny shot him just randomly, which I didn't like that. But so that wasn't a great death for our doctor because he survived close to the end. Um, now, let's talk about some of the torture. Frank yes. Grillo, at one point, this is a crazy scene because mom, mom comes down and she's asking them about some money because supposedly these guys have been robbing banks for the last couple weeks in yes. different states. And they say every time they rob a bank, they send an envelope to the mom, to that address. And that's something we didn't mention in this movie. They don't have a residence because their house got foreclosed. Okay. But the boys don't know that in the remake. So uh-huh. they've been on the road running around. So when they come home, this has been foreclosed for the time they've been out robbing banks on the run. The house that's has been right. foreclosed. Now, <clears throat> something I thought was, was weird, though, as we're getting back to the killings, but something I thought was weird, this downstairs is like an impossible man cave. Like, it's huge. <laughs> yeah. And they said they've been there for like two months. And my uh, my mother and the brothers both comment how they redeck. In two months, you built all of this? And you weren't stealing money? I don't know about that. I feel like he's got a pool table. It's like a, It's like if somebody like completely redid their like basement or something. Because they're going downstairs when they go to this room. I don't know if right. you remember. I do remember but that. But it's huge. Yeah. It's a huge room. Yeah. Yeah, it's a basement because it's got the swing open doors. Right. <laughs> so, But it's 
and and I I can't I don't feel like the mom would have had that, the mom and the kids would have had that kind of room in their house, so I just don't understand like did they already have a pool table, and that was like the boys' playroom and they just kept it, I don't know that's that's a weird thing about that one that yeah I was I wondered I wrote a note about it because I was like, this is an impossible man cave to have just in two months, that's unless true. you put all your money into it because it was it had a bar, it had. Like all this cool memorabilia looking stuff hanging up. And it was huge. It was a, because at one point they're playing pool on one side. Somebody's making drinks over here. There's another group of people talking over here. I'm like, wow, you got all these different couches. And I was like, wow, this is huge. I just, I don't know. I thought that was a really, really incredible. Yeah, Whenever now you're talking have about it. Houses, it is kind of weird that this was the house that they had originally. And it didn't feel like there it would be their house. Right. It's a big house. Especially if the fact that like, like it house. got foreclosed on that quickly and everything. Yeah, I don't I don't feel like you would have everything. Well, I take that back because I flipped a house now. And but I still don't think you could have everything changed completely over in two months. It yeah, feels weird. I'm with you, especially for a room that big. Yeah. And it's I mean, and the whole house they say the whole house looks different. Because when they first break in, they're like Whose house is this? This looks, everything's different. What happened? Is this our house? Because one point, of the brothers yeah. is like, is this our house? He's like, yeah, this is our address. What are you talking about? <laughs> right. And he's like, everything's different. It's different. None of our stuff is here. So it's like a, it's like a part where they mentioned that too. Yeah. But I don't right. know. I guess so. Impossible apartments and houses and stuff always happen in movies where there's no way the person's either salary or whatever they do in the thing says they should have that house. Right. That apart- it's more apartments, I think. Yeah. Where people have these massive apartments, you know, are like would be like three thousand dollars if it was a real apartment. <laughs> right. And they're like barely making it at their job or something. Yep. <laughs> but okay, man. Um, what else have we got? Oh yeah, one dude uh, for the torture scenes uh, gets his ears burnt off with boiling hot water, and I... mom is there watching all this. I do remember this. And it's really gruesome because they, I mean, his skin is all deformed and he can't hear. And they, I mean, everything that happens is really, you get that extra second to really feel it. Right. They don't cut away really quickly. They keep, they keep you there for a moment with everything that happens. And I think that's what makes it, the torture, like, seem more real. Mm -hmm. Because they don't just cut away real quick to another scene. Like, you see it all. But, um, let me see, man. Uh, what, what else has a cool Anything else you want to talk about with the with these people versus the Rat Pack? Because the only thing else I want to talk about is uh, Beth, the wife of uh, Frank Grillo's character. Nope, I think I'm good on everything there. Okay, so I just want to talk about her real quick because she has her own movie happening because she's like a third part of the movie. Yes. Because what happens is like while all this other torture and things are happening at the main house, they send Beth and Ike out to, because uh, at one point they take everybody's credit cards and debit cards, right? And ask, and they ask for everybody's pin number, and then they they're, they're going to get all the money for everybody to take out whatever money people have in their accounts. And I know like <laughs> she tries to get away like three times and never can get away. <laughs> and we go on a whole adventure where like these they're like uh at an atm and these chicks are behind them like talking shit to him and i'm like this guy is like behind her in a really weird way she looks really flustered and these two chicks are like you need some help with that can you speed up we got i'm like 
can you not tell this is some menacing guy right here? Like, what are you doing? Right. I wouldn't do that. I'm a guy. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that because <laughs> that guy nope. looks like he's got a gun. <laughs> but I know like one of them ends up getting shot by this guy, and she's the reason why the cops finally end up coming. But that's right. Yeah, because she like tells him like to save that lady or something. She like writes it in surgery or something, something weird. But um, but anyways, like and then they and then like he's chasing her through like a, a dry cleaner at some point because she tries to get away. And then like there's another part where like they get back together. He grabs her, gets her again, and then, uh, like, a cop comes, and he ends up killing the cop, and they wreck or something. It was like, it's it's too, it felt like a little too much. That's why I'm like, it's too long. She doesn't need her whole, a whole like, part of the movie just by herself. Okay, cause I, like, there's too much stuff happening. Other stuff I feel like that could have been cut out that doesn't necessarily yeah, we don't, add anything. We, we go back to Beth, like, three or four times, and different stuff is happening right. every time. And, like, when we go back to the... And then we're, we're, we're getting ready to close it out here. I'm sorry, guys. But we're talking oh, about the times fine. where they could have cut some time now. Yeah. In the in best part and in the in the people in the basement. Because we get to see, like, three escape attempts. We get to see, like, uh, a couple times where somebody actually gets away and then gets killed or apprehended. I'm like, we don't need to see every attempt. <laughs> we need just a couple good attempts, and that's all. We get it. You, everybody, y'all trying to... We don't need... I feel like they... That's one thing about the remake. They they showed a little too much. They well, I was going to say, the other thing is, we don't need some of these scenes to make us know that these this family is menacing. We've already established enough of that. So, like, having them yeah, kill early on. <laughs> even more random people like that when they're out and about, mm-hmm. it, you, it's overkill. You already have established everything that you're trying to kind of establish here. Yeah, and, and they make, and let's, just real quick, I want to go into the deaths, because there's some similarities. Yeah. Um, how they did the deaths of the other brothers. Uh, the one brother gets some Drano in his mouth, Ike. Ah, uh, yeah. He gets that same, but he dies from that. He doesn't still. Which is <laughs> probably more realistic. <laughs> yeah, because they put a lot in his mouth. But before that, he gets pinheaded. She shot him in the head with, like, about a dozen nails, and he's still alive. He just got... Nails all over his head like pinhead, <laughs> yeah. and he doesn't die. So they 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 play with that same thing where he like can take a lot of punishment. They just end it with a similar thing that happens in the in the original. Right. So I thought that was a cool callback to that movie. Uh, obviously, Queenie was a callback. Now the other brother, I'm trying to remember if he just how he dies. I don't even remember if he got stabbed. By the, it's not the same death because I I, read, I didn't write that note down. It's not the same. But he gets it. Uh, the other brother is the one that ends up killing the doctor. What? Johnny, he doesn't die. Okay. So actually, we lose both brothers. Oh, I got it. I remember now. And you know what? This is a callback. They call back this brother's death, too. So they tag team against him because there's a scene where um, I think it's Frank Gorillo's character mm-hmm. uh, tells her that to open the gold box because somebody got it's. it's Somebody got him a set of knives or something. Okay. So he knows that that's what's in that box. So she tells her to open it. Because one of the ladies gets gets free. So they tell her to open it. Ooh, and you know what? I hate to keep jumping around like this, man. You're fine. But <laughs> she actually has a burn. Like, they tie him up with plastic wrap. And she has to stick her hand in the fire to melt it. And that's kind of an intense scene because she's, like, got her back to the fire, like, melting it and trying to pull it apart. 
Okay, yeah. There's a lot of intense stuff in that movie. It's 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 really intense when they're trying to get away. Yeah. And they always get caught. But I just but but yeah, anyways. She gets the knives and then uh when when the brother comes down there, they attack him and everybody stabs him. Remember how the other girl stabbed him so many times? Yes. It's a callback to that because they wrap his mouth with that plastic wrap like they the ladies took the socks in his mouth oh okay. they wrap his mouth with a lot of plastic and shove it in his face yeah and then they're stabbing him while he's got his mouth covered okay so it's a semi callback to the other brother's death kind of but not really yeah kind of seems like okay. it though yeah they, they kind of so they kind of call back in that movie a lot which i thought was good so pretty much we've talked about several parts of it but we can go ahead and get to the end here because i'm I don't have too much more about that movie I want to talk about, except for the ending. Right. That's the last part I want to talk about. Okay. Now, Mother mother doesn't die in this movie, like in the first one. That's something I thought was cool, because I don't think she needed to die. But there's a scene where I thought we were going to get the Abby death, because Johnny kills the doctor, and I told you Lydia was kind of sweet on the doctor. Yep. So she goes outside with a gun. I think she's about to go kill Mom, the mother, but she doesn't. But they play it like she's about to go kill her because she's crying and she's runs out of the mobile home they're riding in and she's all upset with a gun. But she doesn't kill him. Doesn't kill her. But I thought she was going to do that. And I thought that's why I thought that they were mixing the Abby character to the Lydia character. Ah, uh, yeah, I can see that. But it doesn't happen. So then I was like, okay, well, never mind. So let's talk about the ending. It's a really cool ending because we get a wraparound, kind of a wraparound of the original opening. As uh, Beth reveals that she was pregnant and she's the one that took the money because she was going to leave her husband and just have her and the baby. That's right. And that was kind of her start over money. So she had been hiding the money. And at the very end, we get her having her baby. She finally, Which I don't know how she didn't lose the baby because she has a car wreck. She's thrown around the whole movie. <laughs> right. She gets shot at multiple times. But she doesn't lose the baby. But okay. The car rolls over a few times. <laughs> but she doesn't lose the baby. But okay, anyway, she has her baby. Right. And pretty similar to the scene from the very beginning, we see, uh, you know, somebody put the baby in there and then a the lady walking in the hallway. Yep. And then we go back to the, what do you call that, where the babies are? The nursery? Uh, or whatever. Wherever you view the babies at, at the hospital. Yeah. I forgot what that's called. But she goes back and she sees her baby is missing. Right. And then we get a cut to the uh, mobile home that our family was using. Mm-hmm. And we see Lydia driving. We see Johnny on board. And then we hear mom, like, playing with the baby. And we see her, like, you know, cooing, I guess, cooing the baby or yep. whatever you call it. And then we know that she's going to start over again and make some more kids <laughs> that are killers. So I thought that was cool to end it, like, because we for sure know everybody dies in the, in the original but then they tease us with the Queenie sequel that never happened. Yeah, right. So I think it was better to have it that way where we got the the possibility for a sequel that probably would never happen. But yeah. that would be another sequel that could happen. A new family or a new place they go to. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I, it does look like this movie did not make nearly its budget back. So that's you know definitely a blow to it. But I do like, as you were saying, though, that it's definitely a bookend where it comes full circle to what you get in the beginning. Yeah, and I think they they did a great job with the remake of them. I think most people don't even probably wouldn't even know there was a remake of probably that not. So they probably wouldn't even have any of that nope. to see like any of those connections we were talking about. But 
haven't seen it now, I'm glad that uh, that we chose this one because this is pretty good. Yeah, that remake was actually pretty good. I like, I like a lot of not that I like torture, but I like when it's done well and when you're not expecting it. Oh yeah, because this one like it's always said, a bonus. It comes out of like left field a little bit, like you're not expecting it, and yeah, it does go very brutal. Yeah, so I thought it was, I thought it was well done. All right, man. So, how do you want to do the review? Since we kind of just kind of spot shot the remake and we kind of went through the original a little bit, a little bit too. Yeah. How do you want to do a full review of it, or just how do you want to go? Um, I would actually say, um, hmm, I would actually just say is if we wanted to kind of just give our ratings of both, and okay. um, just kind of I guess give our final thoughts on you know kind of what we had for each of them. Does that work for you? Okay, uh, I'll take it. Okay. Um, All right. So for me, for Mother's Day, the original one, I actually, I thought there was some, the acting's not great, but I think that there's some good aspects there. I think there's some really good effects that we get with it, and I also think that there's some that may have, should have went a little bit farther with it. I actually don't mind the music for the original one. I do think it's a little bit cheesy at times, and I think that does hurt it. But I do like when they're going more of the menacing type stuff. I've already said there's some good callbacks that I really enjoy, but I do think they're also lacking some of that stuff. And I did have some fun with it. It could have been a little bit better. So I actually would probably come in with like a you know 6.5 on it. So like a 65% would be you know kind of where I would come in for the original one. Okay. Um... I'm actually having to tweak mine up a little bit because okay. I didn't give him as much credit for the story. Yeah. Uh, but I am I was probably closer to about like a 50, 50s. Okay. Yeah. But um, after talking about the story, I don't know. I may, I may creep it up a little higher. Maybe closer to a 60. Okay. For me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was, it was for what it was, though. I think it was actually pretty good. And I would probably recommend to people that are really deep diving. Yeah. <laughs> Deep diving into different kind of movies. I would recommend it because you've probably seen all the movies we've referenced that uh, there's similarities to them. You've probably seen those if you really do deep dives like that. So well, I think that, it's worth checking out. But this would actually be one that for people that don't like trauma because they don't necessarily like the over-the-top comedy or they don't like the over-the-top gore, I would actually recommend this movie as I think this is probably closer to a more normal movie from them, which is kind of different. So this would be like a trauma entry point for yeah, somebody? Yeah, exactly. If you wanted to get in, but you didn't want to jump right into the, uh, <laughs> to the deep end? Yeah, you don't necessarily want to go like Poultry Geist or Toxic Avenger where you have everything over the top, where this one is a lot more subdued. Yeah, for real. Because I don't know, we talked about that earlier, how it didn't feel as trauma as some of the other movies were. Yep, exactly. And they get really, really into it. <laughs> but, um, okay, so what about the remake, man? Where would you be on that one? Um, For that one, it has been quite a while since I've only seen it that one time. So, I mean, we're looking at probably close to a decade since the last time I've seen it. I will say, though, the acting is quite a bit better. I mean, it's, I mean, I would say it's probably one of the stronger points for that movie. I do remember the effects were being, you know, a lot more brutal, and I enjoy that type of thing. Darylin Bowsman, I know he has some issues with some of the Saw films, with some of the filters that are used. Don't necessarily know if it's his fault, as I, you have to kind of stay in line with that type of series there. I don't really remember a whole lot for the music there, but I did like the deepening of the plot. I do think they kind of go a little bit overboard with some of the filler type stuff, 
But I remember, mm-hmm. you know, coming into that one blind and being very impressed. So I know the last time that I had saw that, I was actually probably sitting around like a 7.58, so like a 75%, 80% around there was how much I actually enjoyed what they did. I do really need to revisit it, though, like in the near future just because I did have such a great time that first time, and I would like to see where I would sit, you know, with a second viewing. Okay. Now, see, I, I did this recently watch it, so um, I had a really good time with it, and I wasn't expecting to. I was expecting it to be just okay, but I had a really good time with it. Yeah. Um, the only major criticism, I thought the acting was really good. Yep. I, I really like uh, Rebecca DeMornay's take on the yep. on the character. I thought she knocked it out of the park. I think most of my acting is going to go because of her. I do like the acting of, actually, Jamie King. I didn't, I didn't mind her at all. Yeah. I really like... I remember her from a different kind of acting, and now I've seen a couple movies of her acting a different way, I guess. Or not yeah. a different way, but in different kind of movies. Right. And I actually kind of like her, so... Yeah. I was too. I was good on the acting. I thought the, you know, the side characters were good enough. Uh, cinema, I was good on it because of the... Uh, I thought the torture scenes looked really realistic. Yep. And I didn't have any problem with the gore they showed. I thought it was great. So... I think I was probably in the 80 range, man. Okay. Like low 80s. Yeah. Maybe 81, 82. Yeah. Now, it may be closer to like a 70 something if I actually numbered it out, you know, because there's some there's some moments where, like we said, they could have cut cut a good like 15 minutes out, 20, yeah. maybe 20 minutes. And it would have been just as good at an hour and 30 <laughs> than two hours. I think it would have been better because it would have been sleeker. And not enough. It felt like we were doing the same thing over and over again yeah. with the multiple escapes, and right. cutting back and forth to Beth and Ike's journey, and so it, it was a lot of extras. And having extra kids made it extra. So, but I definitely think it's a good ride, and I think especially if you're not expecting it, you know, you'll really be kind of thrown into the into the torture stuff, or at least to the characters as you're thrown into them being tortured. I think you're really being to their invested in them trying to get out, I guess. Exactly. And then really wanting to see like what's the end game gonna be because Rebecca De Mornay, she turns it up as the movie goes on too. So <laughs> Exactly. I mean I had a I had a really high experience and I thought the story was really good. So I mean that's why I say that's why I say low eighties, man. Okay. Just just as a ballpark. Yeah. Eighty two is where I'm gonna be at. <laughs> <laughs> Easily. Okay, man. Anything else you want to cover, man, on this? No, I think I pretty much exhausted all of the notes that I had down that I wanted to kind of go over. And even though we're talking about murderous killer moms and Mother's Day is coming up for uh, everybody here in another week, or, another week maybe. Yeah. But from when we're when we're shooting this or recording this, I think it's another week away, maybe. I think week, so. I think weeks. it's next Sunday. Yeah. So just happy, I want to say happy Mother's Day to anybody that's a mother and maybe listening for some reason. For sure. My mom no, will listen know. to an episode from time to time. <laughs> so happy Mother's Day if you are listening or your mother's listening. Anybody's mother. And I hope you guys enjoy that. And uh, all right, man. So you want to go and close it out? Yep. Um, I want to thank you for, you know, coming on this side quest with us for this, you know, interesting kind of different take as my co-host here said for this, you know, more joyous holiday and everything. I also want to echo everything that he said to any uh, mothers out there that are happening to listen to this. I mean, I hope that you're not, you know, kind of, you know, doing the stuff with your family, but, you know, I hope you have a much, you know, much more relaxing and enjoyable day and everything like that. I am, you know, one half of your co-host here of David Garrett Jr. from Journey with a Cinephile. And this is your main man, Jake, checking in one more time. And also one more thing, 
Also, make sure you check out Journey with us in the file on all your social media outlets. Make sure you get back with this guy. Check out what he's got going. I'm at Dark Mariachi Studios. Check out what I got going. Guitar case full of reviews. Make sure you're checking out our content. There's a lot of content out there. Make sure you're getting involved in that. I'd actually say I definitely will ditto everything he's saying there is. Jake put out some great stuff there, so you're definitely missing out if you are not checking it out at this time. And don't forget, be one of us. Come on a journey with the cinephile. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. SideQuest. Do you think cinephiles are, are on this other end of the spectrum? But I think a cinephile is more of a student of cinema. A movie lover is going to be less discriminated. SideQuest. Drink some of this, Michael. Be one of us. Sometimes, that is better. He's sick fucks using one too many movies. No. Don't you blame the movie! SideQuest. I said, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just going to bash your brains. Okay. Show me. SideQuest. The podcast. You opened it. We came. It's just a podcast. We'll review your movie from every angle. SideQuest.